What's up, world? Welcome to Cruelty Free Conversations. I'm your host, Indigo Mateo. This is episode number 10. And kicking off the week with another good one. Tell you the guesses in a moment. And as usual, I'm coming to you out of the Mojave Desert of Southern California. Another gorgeous morning here. It's already bright, sunny. Uh, it's going to be super hot, so I won't be out there too much probably. I got enough of that sun this weekend. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. I'm going to be giving you a couple food reviews here in a moment. A couple places I ate over the weekend. Uh, made my way around. Uh, made my rounds around Long Beach and uh, Orange this past weekend. So ate a couple good spots. Also, my buddy has a vegan chocolate bar company product and i'll tell you a little bit about that because i had to pick some up from him hung out with him so really cool weekend i hope all of you got a chance to you know have some fun recharge a bit and i know not everybody is free on the weekends. we all have different schedules but um hopefully you got to take advantage of it some relax recharge refocus whatever realigning you needed to do or just having fun uh right now during these odd times that we're in, we got to get out the house in whatever ways we can, keep our sanity. Of course, nature is great for that. And just, you know, taking some drives sometimes. You know, we all have places that we like to kind of cruise, some go-to spots. We can just take off in the car and get our minds off things or, you know, whatever it is that we need. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Once again, I always appreciate all of you who listen, share, help support in whatever way you can. I know I've been uh, to a lot of people, been getting a lot of good feedback, a lot of responses from people being interested when hearing about it. Uh, the views are going up, the listens. Uh, so again, thank you for that. Everybody who has had their part in helping, even if this is the first episode you're listening to right now, thank you for tuning in. Um, so today's guest is going to be Taste Nate, all the way from the Bay Area of Northern California. I'm down here in SoCal, so... We're not too far from each other. Uh, some of these guests you've heard have been in other states. Um, and then a couple have also been, he's about maybe half the guests have been out, about three of them have been up where he's at, up in the Northern California area. That's where Will Tuttle was, uh, vegan or eternal monk. Uh, he is from there as well. So good uh, crop of uh, insightful, inspiring individuals. I know they got a great vegan scene, plant-based uh, scene up there in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland area. So um, almost half the guests so far have been from there. Uh, but he is a vegan hip-hop artist and high-conscious creator. He uh, is just making really good stuff out there. Got a new project on Spotify uh, called Floriography. little six-song album there. Really, really good vibe. I, I dig it. I listen to it. Putting together a bookshelf, uh, working out, just doing different things. It's got a great uh, vibe you can really uh, feel get into uh, doing various things so and he's also very tapped into those higher energy those higher frequencies he's all about uh you know metaphysics you know uh his one of his albums that he talked about lamb that was an acronym for lovers are metaphysical beings so very uh conscious very tuned in individual had a lot of great things to say about your internal makeup and perceiving things and um, 
just this really good conversation with him. And I knew it would be, even though he was another guest that this was the first time we've actually talked voice to voice. And I didn't think for one moment that we wouldn't vibe because I just we've been connected on Instagram for a while now, Twitter as well. So, uh, you know what he's about, what he's doing. And that's why any of these guests that I haven't actually spoken to physically, voice to voice, uh, whatever it is, that they, I know they're going to give something. I already know them. I already know their vibe. I already know what they can provide and that we will have a good conversation. But that makes it fun for me, jumping onto a podcast where I know, hey, I've never actually talked to this person uh, voice to voice. It makes it more fun. And I'm more curious about some of these things I'm asking these people because I really don't know. I really haven't had a chance to ask them these things. So... Uh, and again, I've mentioned before, I think that's sometimes better even for the viewer because you're getting something really authentic from the moment, an organic first time conversation, uh, voice to voice with two people. I think that adds some uh, different element to it when it is that situation. So that was the case with Taste Nate. And I'm actually breaking this one up into two parts because we, we were going for a while, maybe a couple hours. We had to keep from going down some rabbit holes. We're definitely going to do it again down the road. Um, so we got about two hours uh, close to and did a little editing. I think it was under two hours. So um, it's going to be a two-part interview. I'm going to release the second part on this Wednesday. What is that? The 26th. So that way you have some good stuff to listen to today. But uh, don't bombard you with uh, too long of an interview. And then you can take that in. And then Wednesday I'll have the second part of the interview because it's all really good stuff. It was... Uh, you know, some funny moments, some insightful stuff, and just hearing Nate's story, whether it was him going vegan, his hip-hop story coming from a mecca of hip-hop there in the north, uh, northern area of California, the Bay, Oakland, just a huge mecca that has produced some top hip-hop artists throughout the years. So it was great getting to have that conversation, not just about veganism, creativity, but also hip-hop directly from a place like that. I'm a big hip hop head. We told people that's, you know, it has my heart. Hip hop, number one music I love, listen to it as long as I can remember. So uh, that was really cool to me to be able to have that kind of conversation and hear what he had to say. So that will be our interview today here shortly. Taste Nate, and I thank him for joining me on the conversation. And so I want to talk a little bit about this past weekend. I ate at a couple vegan restaurants and so just want to talk a little bit about those give a quick review maybe you're in those areas or gonna be by there eventually whenever you do uh one of them is it's very known spot southern california and i was at it in long beach been there numerous times the la one torrance uh but the veggie grill let me tell you the veggie grill oh my god like it's been there many times, and it's always uh, so good. Never gets old, or you know, it's always like the first time going there. But what I love about Veggie Grill is, I feel like they're one of the kind of OG vegan restaurants out there. They've been around a while. Uh, they don't go back to, you know, the real OG OG. Some of the ones from you know decades ago, or even like Covina Tasty. Covina Tasty is in, uh, yeah, Covina. And it's the first vegetarian drive through ever in the United States. It was built in the 60s. Got to eat there a couple months ago. So, obviously, that's OG, OG. You're talking the 60s very first. So, Veggie Grill is a little bit more modern. 
they kind of hit the scene before the big boom of veganism the last several years. Uh, but in the newer kind of wave of veganism that hit, you know, a decade or so ago, maybe a little before that, Veggie Girl started to kind of, uh, maybe I can actually look at their founding date, but I know they've been around, you know, a bit. And, but the thing about them is their food is amazing, good, affordable, it's not going to break your pocket. And it's, like, it's a good food. It's, you can get stuff that's kind of junk food like carrot cake, mac and cheese, or you can get things that are a little healthier. They have a wide variety of menu, uh, menu to choose from. But even the food that is junk food like is not fully bad. It's still made with good ingredients. You have great drinks like lemonades and hibiscus drinks that are really unique and uh, delicious. But also, what I like about Veggie Grill is. You know, we've seen this huge rise in veganism, the vegan restaurants, and they're still uh, one of the better ones out there. Like they haven't been phased by all the newcomers, uh, a lot of uniqueness out there. They haven't strayed from their their brand with their style of food. Their menu has been so consistent throughout the years. Uh, you could see them just stay in their lane, doing their thing like they did before all these other restaurants and places hit the scene with vegan food. So that's really what I've grown to love about Veggie Grill. It's like the friend you've known for years who has stayed the same. They haven't changed. They haven't uh, tried to go with the trends. They haven't tried to be something they're not. Uh, that's Veggie Grill. You know, they've just stuck to themselves and I absolutely love Veggie Grill. Um, so if you ever get a chance to eat at one of those, I believe they're only in California. I don't know if they've branched out yet to other states, maybe. But you have to, if you have the opportunity, eat at one. You will not be disappointed. Make sure you get the mac and cheese and the carrot cake. <laughs> Got to try that if you're there. You can take it for later, whatever, if you get other food. I had the mac and cheese this past time. Really good, really good. And I had the white bean chili. Oh, that was so good. The white bean chili was delicious. And so Veggie Grill is, is an amazing spot. And then I also checked out Green Tomato Grill on Tustin Street. Oh, real quick, Veggie Grill in Long Beach is on PCH. Uh, it's right by the water, really great area. So nice vibes around there too, right next door to a Trader Joe. So you can go next door, buy all ingredients to make, try to make whatever you just ate at the Veggie Grill. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, that's where it's at, PCH. So Green Tomato Grill, that's off Tustin Street in Orange. And I actually used to live down the street from it uh, years ago. Well, not years ago. 2016. <laughs> kind of years ago. And I never ate there. No no particular reason. I only lived there for like three months. And I always found, my, uh, found myself eating at the Loving Hut or Mead's Green Door off Chapman, which was my spot. They had, oh my God, it, just, it was amazing. I didn't get to eat there. They were temporarily closed. Temporarily closed. So I ate a green tomato grill. This spot is really good first time eating there it's not just veggie it's a healthy spot but they got a lot of vegan vegetarian options they even have ooh, like desserts like that big peanut butter cup vegan in their glass case uh, i thought about getting it but i already uh i was already eating enough so i was like nope i don't need it uh trust me i regretted it should have got it i was thinking about it today actually this morning or yesterday yeah yesterday i was thinking about it man i should have got that peanut butter cup i didn't get one <laughs> so uh, great little spot there. I enjoyed their food. Really clean, tasty, uh, kind of healthy taste. Well, it's good, but you know, hey, this is good for me. 
not just my taste buds. And I had some like Mediterranean bowl. So that was that was really delicious. And again, that's on Tustin in the city of Orange. So if you're ever down that area, check that out. Uh, really, really good spot. I was uh, I was impressed with. Really enjoyed their food. And I'm like, why didn't I eat here years ago when I was living right there? So maybe I saved myself a few more bucks. <laughs> uh, and then gotta give a shout out to my boy Vegan Wonka. Uh, I met up with him uh, to chill, hang out. He owns a chocolate bar line he's had for a while now, and he kills it with his chocolate. It's delicious. It's a healthy chocolate bar. It's got hemp seeds and all kinds of good healthy ingredients. He's like an energy healer, yoga instructor. Uh, so he's all about health and energy. And he's got different versions. The super uh, bar, which is more for like endurance athletes. He's got a nutty peanut butter type, I believe. So several different ones. And just really good. And they don't melt until like 120 degrees. He found that out from one of his friends who was an environmentalist. Uh, some kind of environmentalist. And it was in her car one day on like a 117, 118 degree day. And it didn't melt. So delicious uh vegan wonka follow him on instagram check him out uh, if you're in his area socal he's out in the long beach area does pop-up events you can get some of his chocolate he does samples and just a really cool guy great vibes always great in, uh, hanging out with him i got introduced to him by a friend a couple years ago and ironically his mom come to find out that day i met his mom she was from san pedro similar age as my dad who's from san pedro Come to find out, they knew a bunch of the same people. They got on the phone with each other. It was like, yeah, I know this person. He knew some of her cousins. And that blew me away that a friend was like, hey, you need to meet this guy, this other vegan guy. I think you guys will really get along. Not, do, not only do we get along, but his mom and my dad grew up in the same area, didn't know each other, but knew people that each other knew. And they live off... Uh, a block one block off a street my parents had insurance offices in Long Beach when we were younger when I, well, I was younger 80s 90s that's the area I grew up Huntington Beach I was born that's where I lived for eight years of my life growing up four blocks from the water the coast where civilization ends that was cool and Long Beach was where my dad had a lot of offices so these people live near those offices that he had they also have two houses up in the high desert where I live I've hung out with my buddy Vegan Wonka when he came up to one of the houses once. And it's just a weird connectedness. that I've, And it got weirder this past time when I was hanging out because I met his dad. And he told me their last name, Bono. And I mentioned this sandwich shop. I was like, oh, like the sandwich shop that's here in Long Beach? He's like, yeah, I'm related to that family. Bono's was an iconic place to me as a kid. My dad would take me there all the time. Like, for sandwiches and they were delicious that just best sandwiches i still ever had to this day and when he told me that i was like yeah i'm that related to that family i was like what like just another weird connectedness who knew years ago when i was eating those sandwiches or in that place that i would you know my decades later meet somebody who's related to this uh family in just weird way it's just it was bizarre it's, uh, it was a, it's an interesting weekend a lot of things that i uh Came across on my path driving were familiar to me from when I was living down there before. So a lot of interesting memories came back in a good way. So it was a little fun trip. So that helped refresh. You know, I'll talk about realigning, refreshing. You never know uh, where it can come from or how it could be done. You know, you take a little trip to an area you were living before and uh, 
that that's cool. So yeah, but that that connectedness, I'm actually gonna be doing uh, something about connectedness here on an episode I really want to talk about. I've been experiencing some really uncanny things with connectedness as I've gotten older, and I definitely want to share some of those things in this podcast because they're a trip, and I'm curious curious if other people have started experiencing these kind of connectedness uh, situations, experiences with people, you know, as they've gotten older that have just tripped them out. Um, and of course, I want to do an episode segment to make it more clear about exactly uh, what I'm talking about, but I'll do that here soon. I've experienced so much of it. I just got, I want to talk about it, get some of it out there. It's so bizarre <laughs> and not random. It's that stuff when people say, oh, small world. No. So this goes beyond small world. There's energy and things that are connected that come back around. So uh, that's what it's going to tie into a lot. But so that was my weekend. And I was also kind of bummed yesterday. Shout out uh, Cauliflower Foods down in the Inland Empire. They did a pop-up at Ritual Brewery in Redlands, which is a great, great brewery. They make some good stuff. So I have yet to try out Cauliflower Foods. Cauliflower. And I'm saying like that because she spells it. The owner has it spelled C-A-L-I, like Cali, so, which is really clever. I like that. Cauliflower. I think of a different cauliflower, though. I think, <laughs> I think of the one, uh, <laughs> uh, the one you, 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 uh, you bird. Uh, but cauliflower food. So they were down there in Redlands. I had all the intents. I wanted to try the food. I'd never tried it. Would have been great to have with one of their beers down there from Ritual. And think about where I live in the Mojave Desert is I live up this thing called the Home Pass. It's the big funnels, funnels all the traffic from Vegas, Southern California to Vegas, to the rivers of Arizona. You know, it's the Interstate 15 freeway. So it's the main portal from SoCal to going to a lot of places. And on Sundays, it going the direction I wanted to go, it can get really bad because all that Sunday traffic coming back from Vegas and the river and man I hit the oh, traffic so it all takes one person to mess it up and oh, I was so bad just sitting in this traffic thinking about like this food that I was looking at that I was missing out on like the uh like the chicken wing buffalo style wings oh it looks so good the lemon pepper ones so I was just looking at these people that screwed I'm like who's the idiot down there that caused me to miss out on these lemon pepper I was gonna say chicken but not Lemon pepper, not chicken strips. So I was pretty bummed about that. So, but where I live, you got to deal with that all too often. You you think your trip is planned, and all it takes is uh, one person, and you could be stuck in that go home pass for who knows how long, just crawling along through. So it's not my weekend ended yesterday, but I'm gonna get out get out there and try uh, cauliflower foods very soon here at one of the next pop up events. So um, I just I love to see these vendors doing what they can right now to get out there and uh, set up shop, give people food, you know, make, make their money, their business, and uh, still be able to make things happen with their business. That's great to see vendors like uh, Alyssa, with, oh, that's the owner, she, uh, to see her out there working, you know, finding a place that she can, you know, set up shop and have a nice event with, especially a, a well-known brewery. It's great to see a vendor like that adapting and still with that entrepreneurial mindset of, hey, I'm going to still make my business happen. I'm still going to do this. So uh, unfortunately, I did not get to make it because I damn home pass. But 
fortunately for her at her business, it looked like it went well. So that's great to see. Uh, it's always nice to see these uh, vegan vendors doing business, serving good people or serving good food to good people. It could be good people, I guess. They're trying vegan food. Let's call them good people. So serving good food to good people. And uh, some of these people aren't vegan. So it gives them a chance to really try uh, the food and see what we're doing, how we eat and you know where we get our protein. So uh, really, really cool to see the events uh, continuing like that. So shout out Alyssa and Cauliflower Food. Sorry I didn't get to make it. I'm glad it was like a good event. And all right, so that's going to be my intro for today. I'm not going to do too much at the end, no segments. Uh, because me and Nate here are having this two-part conversation, which will continue Wednesday. So lots of good content already. And I'm going on a rant here with the intro. So uh, we'll have the interview coming right up and then quick little close out and then wednesday we'll be back at it with taste nate for part two again thank you for tuning in i appreciate each and every one of you even if i don't know exactly who's tuning in if you're there listening to me i appreciate you much love we'll be right back i'm indigo mateo this cruelty free conversations and we'll be with our guests here in a moment taste nate all right welcome back to cruelty free conversations i'm indigo mateo and we're with our guest today the interview portion and i'm excited uh, we've got hip-hop artists today out of the bay area and he's what i call also a high conscious creator you'll see why as we go throughout the episode um, he's not just putting stuff out there that's mindless when he makes something uh, it's definitely dope and it's it's thinking uh, music uh, thinking creativity that i love and we're gonna talk about the new album he just put out floriography that just hit spotify a couple weeks ago ladies and gentlemen today's guest from the bay area taste nate how you doing today man peace y'all man much love everybody out there listening um you know i'm down here in san francisco we about eight to 10 blocks from Ocean Beach in the Sunset District. You know, uh, a typical summer out here. It's very overcast and foggy. So we got some things that are uh, staying true to what it's about <laughs> in the summer. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm happy to be out on this podcast as well. This is actually the first interview that I've done this year. I don't really typically be soliciting myself to do a lot of interviews because uh, I like people that are interested in what I have to say and actually interested in my material. So I'm glad Mateo uh, invited me to come on right now. Well, and I appreciate you being here. Uh, definitely. Uh, I do appreciate the, you know, the creativity you put out. Like We're going to talk more about it. And um, also, too, with that, you know, the cruelty-free, you know, that obviously means guests that are putting out uh, just good vibes all around, you know, through the music, uh, when they're not doing their music. Uh, you know, me and let me mention this, too. Me and Tate have never actually met physically in person. We've known wow. each other online for uh, a for few real. years. A bit now. I don't even know how it's been a minute. It's hard to tell. Yeah, time. yeah. I mean, uh, the time is just speeding up right now, yeah. you know. Uh, certain things seem like... Uh, it's never going to end, but at the same time, you go look back and be like, whoa, all that has happened in this amount of time. Um, yeah. I think you reached out to me one time to do a show. Um, that's how I think we first yeah, yeah. You reached out to me to do like a show at one of those pop-ups 
but they didn't have. I think you came oh. to the Bay Area, but they didn't you know, have a sound yeah. system. So I'm like, I, I, you know, what am I gonna do? That? I remember that now. Yeah, spoken, okay. I, I kind of would be more, more primed to do spoken word now. But then I was like, I need my, I need my sound to be in there. Yeah, that was 2017. You know what? That might have actually been. I think that was even the first time we met, though. Like I was actually, we had already been trying to remember. It, it's been a minute, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah. I feel like a lot of uh, the people that are tuned into like uh, my sound and um, what I got to say and follow me, they might not all be into the music altogether because uh, some of it could be too raw. But I think <laughs> just like what I talk about in uh, being healthy, uh, you know, ha the spiritual aspects, the metaphysical stuff, uh, people are into that because we are all kind of collectively learning about ourselves right now. Um, and in a lot of ways, trying to push away parts of ourselves that is uh, no longer needed where we're going. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I agree. The, the vibes, and, and I know real quick the vibes too, with us never having met, appreciate, like I said, appreciate the creativity, but it's like some people you know you're just going to vibe with, you know? And talking about the metaphysical stuff is funny because I feel like I'm like, we've never met in person, but I feel like we have like in a past life or something like maybe we yeah. maybe we're from egypt together <laughs> some past yeah, lives we're, before, uh, we're all in a like a diaspora from like the lot <laughs> the sacred land and we're uh and we're kind of beacons you know yeah, uh, yeah. for each other i yeah. feel like uh a lot of a long time ago we were all separated maybe uh maybe the land was connected maybe it got broken off and then uh different people from different cultures that kind of have a connection, not even on what, what they talk about is on a, like a level of the soul, you know? Yeah. And we're kind of, we're making our soul right now. Like we're growing our soul each time we decide to do things that are aligned with our conscious and with our hearts, you know? Yes. Yes. You <laughs> Here just, we go. You just, we already, we already get yeah, it. Yeah. We already get it. We already, you already got into Pangea, man. This is like, the, <laughs> this is like the second guest in a couple of interviews. I mentioned Pangea. This is like, <laughs> I, like <laughs> this is totally taking shape into what it's supposed to be. Um, no, I, I agree, man. Uh, you know, of course, everything's a melting pot. Before this, we were talking about our, you know, not ethnic, ethnic background, but it's such a melting pot at this point. And also, too, you mentioned something real quick. I definitely want to cover before you get more on everything because I, you know, think it has a lot to do with the consciousness and the decisions you make. But uh, you've said you've been vegetarian now three years or pretty much uh, or vegan. Yeah, that was uh, probably near the end of 2016. Um, I had released the project Lamb, which is Lovers yes. Are Metaphysical Beings. I feel like that was kind of a, a starting point for me uh, where the the meaning of that was I am not a victim of my reality. You know what I mean? Um, so when you say things like that, it's going to come back to you and say, oh, you're not a victim. Let me show you all the things that you need to work on. You know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, that kind of whooped my ass back into like, okay, uh, now I'm all my relationships are crumbling. Um, my body actually, I didn't, it wasn't going to vegetarian, uh, pretty much vegan right now is because my body just, it wasn't, was rejecting the meat. I don't, you know, just, I, and, uh, what about the mind real quick too? Did you feel any blockage there writing? Was there, was that going no, on at all? One thing I, I really have never had a, 
a, a trouble with writing, you know, because nice, nice. or even like recording because I'll write, I'll go through phases where I write or channel a lot of different information. And it's all about what you're learning too, because you, when you learn different material, you have to kind of process it, you know, so yeah, yeah. Of it, it is processing and uh, processing the things that happen in your life, the emotional things that you go through in your life. So and integrating I'm, that creativity. Yeah. Um, so you got to, that's a, what music has always been for me and express of yourself. And then it, what is it molded into is like something that can, you can show to other people as a healing, healing yes. for them, you know, in a way. And um, then, so the vegetarian, so then the vegetarian thing. So you started that, you know, you started noticing changes with the body. Yeah. I feel like uh, my body, I think for one thing coming from athletic bodybuilding, uh, strength training, all that, I kind of had to go against what I had decided and what I was taught about my body, uh, about what my nutrition is, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you're going from the sp state of, I have to eat this much amount of protein, I got to get this kind of uh, these contents, you know what I mean? And having to basically stop basically trying to uh decide that this is not working for me i'm going to go a different route and you're going kind of going against everything that you programmed yourself with your training you know yeah no i, I definitely understand that. i mentioned you earlier i you know, played sports all my life growing up in high school i was you know running in the backyard pouring tires at 10 years old so you know meat and potatoes all that stuff and you, know, you relearn and then you have to relearn your body and um, you know, but it, it's interesting that you, you were really listening to it. Not a lot of people listen to their body uh, when it's speaking to them. Just like, for example, when I talk to people about nutrition, look at acid reflux. You know, mm -hmm. People take pills like, yeah. to say, oh, so I could, that's, that's saying, hey, get this out of my body. I don't want to eat it. And you're like, nope, yeah. just take this pills. I can keep eating yeah, it. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're just kind of, that's just like with everything. Let's, let's put, let's just put something on the surface to make it feel better uh, and present it like I'm good, I'm healthy. Yeah, yeah. But you're ignoring what's going on underneath that, which is that your body is physically trying to tell you we need to do something different. Um, but I guess the other side of uh, changing to like a plant-based diet is uh, more of a like spiritual uh, conscious aspects of it that people don't really, they're not highlighting that, they're more highlighting what you're doing to nature and reality. Yes, but that yes. those things, those things have a resonance themselves. Places where places where animals were slaughtered have a resonance. And now you see human beings killing each other around that same area. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you, uh, man, that's beautiful. Well, not beautiful. What, what you're, <laughs> what's going on is not beautiful, but what, the point you're making is, uh, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what, whatever's going on out there is going on within me. There's, uh, yes. there's a war going on in, with my thoughts. There's a war going on uh, with my body. And so you're basically, you thinking that you're doing something better, uh, unlocking these doors within your conscious through maybe the way you eat, changing your diet, changing your, uh, the way you get out into nature and stuff like that. But it really, it's also making you more sensitive to energy too. So that's yes. kind of a, a balance yeah. that you have to find where it's like, okay, how far do I want to go in with this <laughs> spiritual, uh, quest that I have? So you, you, there's a lot of, uh, 
doorways that you go through and you're like, oh, do, should I stop here or should I go keep going? Because yeah. <laughs> you think you're, gonna, you're making it easier for yourself. In a lot of ways, you're making yourself easier to get through the changes that's going on. But at the same time, you're becoming more sensitive to the world around you. So it's like, it's definitely a struggle there, you know, as well. No, you're absolutely right. It is. Uh, no, again, beautifully said. There is that, it's that yin and the yang. That, you know, you have to have them both. Um, have to have a balance. You have to have both sides. And, but that's what drives, you know, the evolution to keep going. More yeah, but people ask me this, like, oh, don't you crave uh, meat protein and animal protein? And I really don't. Like, no. it's it's weird that I don't. Um, and uh, I can't say that's been for everybody. Some people kind of have to, every once in a while, eat a steak or something just to kind of get well, it. But for yeah. me, it just hasn't, I haven't really craved it, you know. I'll crave smoking weed or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I need to chill. Give me, a, let me detach from this reality for a little bit and go somewhere else. But as far as uh, I don't crave, like I don't be like, oh, I need to have chicken right now. Nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you do with a joint. You're like, I need a joint right now. <laughs> but if I did, if I ate chicken, I wouldn't feel guilty about it. Like I, I don't want. It. I feel like, as in your body, like you have to make a choice. You, you're able to make choice. I don't doing this. Maybe, just like anything else. It, it affects all of us together. Healing yourself is helping other people learn to heal uh, unconsciously in a way too. But yes, at the same yes. time, I'm not going to take on that role. Like uh, I'm telling people what to do because that's, that's every, that's everything that I'm kind of not really for. I'm not for people telling me what to do. So <laughs> where, 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 where do I get off and being, becoming that type of person, you know? No, I get it. It's leading by example. You yeah, know, true, and true. that's what I have. I've spoken on that a couple of times at vegan festivals, leading by example, I call it be the light, save the planet. And it kind of came about because within the vegan movement, it's interesting. A lot of my vegan friends and guests that I've had off cameras and stuff, I talked to them about how the vegan movement has gotten very divisive. And, you know, like there's a lot of fighting within it and egos, there's so many egos. Like, what do you guys, uh, spend, you know, so, it's crazy how that works it's and but they're doing you know you could tell a lot of them are doing they're putting spotlight on them so i i, I get what you're saying it, it, it's just do it but so lead by example that's where i was going with that whole speech that i started putting out there and being like you know being a light you know just focusing on your light getting that light stronger and it's contagious like you know that energy we're talking about that's that's, that's true and some people might want to find out, hey, what's this light? Hey, let me come over here. What's going on? And other people won't. But, you know, other people are trying to chase people down with their life. Like, hey, come here. Like, get in this light. Like, no, give me alone. Well, yeah, it's like, it's one of those things. It's, uh, it's more than just what you eat. It's kind of, um, you're always going to be in a, a battle with uh, the things that you're programmed with. And a lot of it is our ego conscious, you know what I mean? Um the thing about the ego conscious is it had a purpose before. Um, it had a purpose to protect uh, our tribe. It had a purpose to uh, be able to be strong and not to fold and fold when the, the pressure was up, you know, but yes. now we're coming to a place where it's like, that doesn't need to be everything. You know, we don't always need to be in a fight mode all the time <laughs> we can get back to kind of what the principle of you know 
the principle of getting right with the nature, getting right with the spirit, which is like kind of, they say that's more like the lunar type of vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or the feminine principle, yes, you know, yes, you yeah. have to, but what I learned is you can't go from one side to the other. You've got to have everything balanced. You yes, know I mean? the, yeah, exactly. Your brain, balanced. your mind, your body needs to be balanced. So, so there's going to be times where you're going to get tested and you're going to have to stand up, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, we're getting you can't just tested. be like you can't just be folding out under pressure either. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in the towel. Yeah, we get tested all the time. It could be I was having my patients on last last week at the DMV and other things being tested, and I was like, all right, I'm being tested right now, so I stayed chill and I, you know, <laughs> and I I got through it. But now on this topic topic before I moved a little bit more into the music yeah. is. Now, what are some of the things that you do, kind of habits? We don't need to know all the secrets. We don't let everything be known. I know that. <laughs> yeah. But what are some of the things that you do uh, to tap into this energy and stay, you know, uh, on that higher uh, frequency? Of course, I take it uh, you meditate, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so typically, I, I would say fitness and eating is like definitely course, number yeah. one. We kind of touch on that. And uh, this year I've had to kind of re-acclimate myself to my diet and uh you know all the gyms are closed yeah uh, typically i would meditate after a workout but now i've been doing it in the morning you know um and always knowledge is a is very key to because you got you're trying to take away parts of take away information that doesn't serve you anymore but you have to replace it so you have to find things that resonate so a lot of study uh, on psychology, a lot of study on history, you know, there's so like, we have so many tools of information out there just on YouTube. It's like, which way, where do you want to go? Do you want to go listen to a bunch of ratchet stuff all day on YouTube? <laughs> like, so you could really spend, you want to go on world star all day. You can do that. You could do that, but you could also, you could be studying books, you know, yes. um, I'm not really much of a reader, but there's a lot of information out there. Um, and then as far as tuning yourself, I guess, you know, the music, I, I think I'm very inspired by the sounds, you know, the sounds is going to help me write. You know what I mean? So nice. in the last couple of years, I've kind of, uh, went, went away to doing my own productions, you know what I mean? So that's kind of okay. how much more can you feel with, through your voice. Now we're going to explore how we can feel through our sound. So it's kind of a learning curve that I have to get over, but also it's part of owning yourself, like own, owning all your creativity. Owning your weirdness. <laughs> yeah, owning your weirdness. Owning your weirdness too, because uh, I'll try to make some like straight gutter hip hop and then so, and then it will just come out all weird. It's like, I don't try, like some people have to try to be uh, out there and weird. I just have to remember I can just be myself because that's naturally how it's going to come up. <laughs> it's just and I think that, that came a lot from having little brothers and stuff. Like, you know, okay. you go through a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of crazy stuff happens when you're young as a child. A lot of things that you didn't choose to happen and you got your little brothers and you, all you want to do is just make them happy. And so, so you just say the weirdest stuff you can think to make them <laughs> laugh and stuff. So that. <laughs> I don't know how that hap how that integrates into yourself as a artist because a lot of the subject matter can be serious, but as a person, you got to be funny. You got to have a sense of humor. You got to be a little bit more playful because outside, 
you know, you get, you can have as many reasons you want to be angry. You can have uh, so many reasons to complain all the time, but uh, we also have a choice, you know, you have, you can choose uh, love and you can choose to be happy if you want, you know, but that's not, but that's not, that's not saying that you also want to just think everything's positive and avoid things that are happening in your life. You know, you have to kind of integrate that into your life, you know, and that's yes. part of uh, what some of the work with creativity is kind of finding uh, your shadow and integrating that, you know what I mean? Through, through the music. So, so that's kind of like being a rapper, you can really say whatever you want, you know, <laughs> nobody, that's the point. Like, no, you could say uh, a hip hop artist, has the ability to say a lot more than somebody that's just a singer because we have yeah. we can sp switch our style and our flow to like say whatever we want you know yeah well even me coming from stand-up comedy background is the reason why i'm moving into spoken word and told you want to get my some my hip hop out because i'm it's limited it's limited to, to what i can say the impact and what people are also looking for you know they're just looking for laughs you know mm -hmm. so now also we just mentioned it Kind of to me, you mentioned choosing. You mentioned some words a moment ago. Choosing love, choosing. Love. It was. Are you? Have you gone down that avenue of epigenetics? Yes, uh, I think it was probably 2011, 2012, when I came across uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. <laughs> Bruce Lipton, you're gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I have a song called "You Ask for It," uh, which okay. was with me and Lord Lorenz. Okay. Uh, and I used a couple of his clips talking about um how we uh we get we have our mind has kind of more oh, oh, to do with our genetics than uh we are actually told you know we are told and, and real quick he was teaching those other theories too he was yeah. teaching those school theories and realized so he's not he's the guy that questioned his own theories yeah yeah well i mean that's a, that's one thing about science is they're they're limited uh yeah Whereas somebody like me, I'm not limited on to what I can say. I can say some stuff that people will be like, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. But a scientist, they have to kind of follow a method. So when somebody like that comes out and says, hey, you know what? Uh, your genetics are not your, they don't rule you unless you decide they do. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, you gotta listen to that, man. <laughs> um, and we are destroying ourselves because we adhere to this survival of the fittest mentality where if you don't have the most stuff, uh, then we're going to die. You know, we're, and you know, that's old school, you know, like I take care of my grandma. She's old school. They, this pandemic got her back into going into like the depression times. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, yeah. you got to save everything. Yeah. You got to hoard up, uh, stock up and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do that for you. But in the back of my mind, I know, uh, you know, God got me. I, 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 you know, God, the creative, the source. I know I'm reminded every time that, you know, I'm reminded that I'm doing the right thing being here and uh, yeah, yeah. using the, this uh, creative thing. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the one that tries to change your mind because I've learned over the years that anything I could say to somebody they're not gonna. They're not gonna hear it unless they're on the frequency. You know. Yes, <laughs> exactly. There's... Unless they want to get up to the frequency of truth and and understanding and conscious, then there's no way of uh, teaching somebody. But yeah, those like, you said, you, like you said, you can just be the example. You know what I mean? 
You can be yeah. their ripple, and if they're ready to hear some game, then you got it, you got it for them ready to go. Yeah, just and that's you know that's kind of what the point of this podcast is, you know, just to put out uh, information. You know, when you've been on the frequency you have for a while, when I've been on the frequency I have for a while, you know, you've had people reach out to you, finding value in what you've done. You've had the compliments you've had, you know, even though you haven't shared them, I know you've had those things where people are saying, "Hey, you've inspired me. You made me think that," you know, and and so it's nice. The thing about being a rapper is that they. They're not gonna tell. They're not gonna tell. They're not gonna show you uh, online or anything. But when you see them on the streets, they'll be like, "Damn, Nate, you really inspire me." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the true. things you have to. That's one of the things you have to overcome as a rap for a rap ego is like, uh, you can't expect to do like some do some stuff that is like kind of out out of the pocket, and expect people to just automatically. Oh, yeah. uh, so, gravitate toward because it's kind of a they have to be in a way you have to be people have to be told what to like you know what i mean and have to be acclimated to it it's kind of like you know drinking coors light and drinking a uh a craft brew right like yeah. you gotta you don't just you know uh but yeah let's talk about that let's get into the, the, the hip-hop definitely now um and the one because because i'm curious okay coming from the bay area you know that's huge that's one of the meccas of hip-hop and also, too, what uh, what age did you first start? We before you that. What age did you first start like writing hip hop? What uh, when did that start happening? Uh, you know, I think I was raised more on like the West Coast gangster rap. You know, yeah. uh, from, from, your, from your dad or from what? The Bay Area. Brother? No, my brothers. Uh, my older I had older brothers. So the first I remember the first rap tape that I ever listened to was the E40 oh, Federal. And then the other one was uh, was was that Ghetto Boys tape, you know what Ooh. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that was like the first my introduction to rapping. What was the other one like? Too short and stuff. Yeah, like too that. short. You uh, guys also Mac Dre, of course. I Mac Dre. I learned about Mac Dre when I was like uh, in middle school or something like that. Mac Dre, and that was a yeah. uh, that was the first time I heard like Outkast and like DJ oh, yeah, Quick. Yeah. DJ Quick would be a big influence. Spice Nicotina. One, Spice One, okay. you know, E40. Nic- uh, Nicotina. Was Andre Nicotina yeah, was yeah. like, he's like a straight weirdo from Frisco, but he's like straight. But we're talking too. about it, right? Look, he made yeah. his mark. <laughs> uh, Race is weird. The Jacka, okay. you know what I mean? But I started rapping the, was my older brother. He was just like, they made me freestyle, you know? Okay. He was partying, drinking. They made me bust a freestyle. I'm like, actually, I was good at it, you know? <laughs> And as far as writing raps, I was just like, okay, this is my outlet here because, gotcha. you know, this is my outlet to talk about myself. I remember I got like arrested one time when I was some bullshit and then uh, I started writing raps about it and stuff. And then, <laughs> and then I, I never got arrested again after that. Wow. You know, that was kind of hip hop saved my life. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's cool. It's, it has uh, done that for a lot of, a lot of guys. It has. As far as like putting out music, um like as a professor professionally probably not until like 2010 2011 um and then really being on the hip-hop scene out in the bay area not until like 2014 you know i was already i was already by that time i was already finished with college and everything okay yeah and is there a certain level i mean i guess that's the area you come from so i guess you wouldn't kind of know the contrast of the book but coming from an area like 
you do with that mecca of hip hop? Is there a certain level of inspiration that you could draw from? Of course, that's still an internal thing, but you know, it seems like there's a lot. It's, you know, the, the amount of support's going to generate a good amount of motivation. Um, well, I mean, when I was uh, when I was like finishing high school and going to college, they had the hyphy movement, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. that the whole time, that was when I was learning about conscious hip hop you know, mostly from the East Coast, like, yeah. uh, you know, most Dev, Talib, uh, you know, Mortal Technique and uh, it, KRS-One. It just, on that note, real quick, uh, yeah. East Coast, because you mentioned that East Coast or more, same thing with stand-up comedy. All the thinking comics come from the East Coast. It's weird. Yeah. Something about back East. Well, go on, well I mean, over here, we got, you know, the living legends. Like, one of my homies, his cousin was Grouch, so he told me, oh, wow. showed me about all the living legends and stuff. And then... Uh, hieroglyphics you know they have you know hieroglyphics and souls of mischief they influence uh, people like andre 3000 and stuff okay, you know okay. so a lot of the conscious rappers out here they're more influenced from them where or they're more influenced from like the west coast like gangster style uh i was kind of more into rappers from the east coast when I realized, oh, I don't have to catch a body and I don't have to jack people. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't have to sell cocaine and I can still have a voice. Like that was yes. kind of my, that was, that was like in high school learning about that. Like, yeah, you can cool. actually, you can actually still rap. Yeah. Well, cause it's a, you know, cause we forget, not we forget, but I mean, kind of does. We do forget that hip hop has been around that long. And so there's not a lot of history. We've seen the conscious rapping, you know, it's kind of, it's, it is a newer thing. You know, it's, it's always been dominated by the mainstream, you know, street type of rap. And even now, as we maybe you saw it on Twitter too, where they're saying, talking about the best albums of 40, of uh, rappers above 40 years old. But yeah. that wasn't really a thing before because those rappers weren't out there. Hip hop's so new that we're, these guys are now 40 years old putting these albums out there, you know, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that just like shows you how long uh, hip hop has lasted where they thought it was going to fall off. Yeah. Like in the nineties, they thought it, that was it, you know? Yeah. Was, you yeah. Know? And hip hop is like, nah, that's the, that's the voice of the youth and that's the voice of the streets. So uh, as long as there's, as long as there's young people and as long as there's a, uh, uh, not integrated uh, street life, you know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like where people are not, are actually crying for help and nobody's helping them. Then there's always going to be somebody spitting rap. Um, as far as like the conscious thing, it's like it's like it's just another lane that you can uh, follow, you know. So it's for me, it's like I want to show you that I can do both, you know. Where yeah, I can, yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to change. I don't have to dumb myself down and I can still fit in the pocket of some of these beats that you would think is more mainstream or, or more yeah. like gutter rap. Um, but, at, but at, in the, in my heart is hip hop, like the underground or like just that straight boom bap. And I feel like the Bay area has a big scene of underground hip hop where there's so many talented rappers, but um, nobody's gonna, nobody really is, crossing over where they know who they are so it's like people from the outside they just think oh you know bay area's got that crazy like yeah, yeah. That, that that club shit that hyphy <laughs> shit uh that that funny shit like that mac dre type of style yeah yeah you know, which is like i love that shit growing up but it's like, yeah, yeah. I got, but i 
I'm also growing up as a man, you know, like, I'm yeah. not, I can't, I can't be on the same shit that I was on years ago, you know. That's what Takashi and Little Pump fans are going to be thinking 10 years from now, like, what was I doing? Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, influ <laughs> they're influencing the younger generation. So. Yeah. I'm and it's amazing. It's I'm trying to influence the people that are influencing the younger generation in a way. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And you know, it's it, because nowadays it's too easy with social media to like these guys like Little Pump, Takashi, some of these, you know, back in the 90s when someone had to go to the store and buy, you know, they're just free yeah. streaming. So many artists nowadays wouldn't have, you know, had that quality behind their stuff to, you know, for someone to want to go spend $15, $20 on a CD, you know? Uh, yeah, in a lot of ways that has helped me in the last few years because I have I have a platform that didn't exist when I was rapping, you know. Uh we came from the you know, yeah. we came in the Bay Area, people like E forty and uh Master P and stuff, uh they were all selling tapes out of the back of their trunk, you know. Yeah, yeah. That was the the East Coast rappers, they don't know about that independent no. hustle. They Same thing with they Nipsey was, Hustle. Yeah, yeah, same uh, same thing with Nipsey Hussle. He's kind of a and that he's like our generation, so he's kind of just showing yeah. that he's showing the younger people like you can actually uh own your creative content and you can actually uh make your own clothing. You you don't have to go that route where where you're just giving it all up. So, I think that from even from like maybe 10 years ago there was, you know, there maybe there was Bandcamp, SoundCloud, yeah. but there wasn't this platform where we can get all our streams and figure out how to earn some money back from our uh, content. Oh, yes, and it's definitely good for the artists that are putting out the quality content as yourself and a lot of the other artists. And, yeah, Nipsey, and Nipsey's bit, what Nipsey did for the business mindset of the next generation of rappers, especially buying up property and making your area better. But did you ever hear about the idea or see the interview we had about the tags on his merchandise and the content. No, no, no. Man, this was the next, and it's sad to see that. This was next level. It was an interview. I'll find it. I might have favored it, so I'll have to find and link you to it. Yeah, but he was not? in an interview talking about, because he was always about, like you just said, taking control of your ownership. I'm working on trying to get a website going for this. Eventually, I don't want to run it through social media. I want to run it on my own platform. Yeah. Um, but so... He was saying that with his shirt, though, eventually the goal was, because he was talking about not having to set up, you know, in these retail shops and having his own shop like Marathon, but also having your own retail shop set up around the country. And when you do, like, uh, uh, releases for the albums, you're only doing it there. But when he took it to the next step, we're talking about, and they were already working on this. He's like, we have our tags on the shirt. They have the, the barcode, like, you know, the QR scan. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, as long as you keep that, that tag, as we release new content, he's like, you just go and scan that. Like, oh, we just released a new Nipsey Hustle documentary. Now you go scan your tag, boom, you got that new content right there on your phone. Wow, that's like, that's some very innovative shit right there. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like, and so it's just, I was watching that, like, man, this dude was just, I don't know, he was tapping that frequency. But yeah, he was a little bit old. People forget, yeah, he was like in his 30s, you know, already in his 30s, you know. Yeah, and yeah. He built his own computer back in the 2000s, you know. Wow, yeah. And it's, it, it's crazy, man. You, it, you see the grind behind so many successful people. Or, I mean, hold on. You don't always see it, but you find out there always is one. You know, there's always yeah, some yeah. kind of high-level grind, risk-taking, um, like you said, owning 
your weirdness. Nate's the one that said that before the, 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 <laughs> the, the episode, by the way. That's where the whole yeah. weirdness. I'm not going to take claim to that. He said it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah you could do whatever you want with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got it. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that, that's the thing. And you're seeing, that's what I love about some of these new age artists. Uh, just the, the business mindset. And there is more music and conscious growing even from a little bit of the mainstream artists. Uh, yeah, in a lot of ways, uh, as a conscious artist, you kind of have a like, you have a you a idea that you think where money is evil, or that the system is rigged against you. You know what I mean? As a truth seeker, um, but you have to integrate it as like, yeah, we are open to having abundance, and uh, and my one thing I like to say is we deserve nice things. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's all about what you do with that money. You yeah. know, I, I've been putting money into this podcast, promoting it, not just, uh, like I said, if people see it's been in India getting looked at and watched, you know, and yeah. it's not just for me, it's for also because the guests, hey, let's get eyes on everybody, you know, as much as possible. I mean, I know the I'm booking guests who I know are going to say in, in, informative things and have interesting backstories and things going on. So it's you know it's and that's what we need more of man we talked about that earlier just more positive stuff and you could do that with money uh robert kiyosaki uh rich dad poor dad i don't know if you've ever uh i've heard of that that book yeah i came across him because of bruce lipton mentioning uh because most of my life i was just you know coming from where i come from the desert trap town with no money i was i didn't realize for the first 35 years of my life that my money mindset was all off and it all hit me last year and money hasn't been distressed it has been, but I've been using it to invest more in myself, my education with my search and uh, different projects that I can uh, do. So, I do, yeah, I definitely agree. I mentioned something about that earlier. People think capitalism, before we recorded, that is so bad. But you can do good things with that. If you're knocking Jeff Bezos and you've got Amazon packages showing yeah. up to your door, you you have no right to think you're putting money. Well, in it's like, money. yeah, we have a we have a choice of where we can put our money and our energy into it. And it's like, nobody, like for, for my business, like nobody is going to do it for me. You know, nobody's yes. going to go out of their way to promote my music. So, and if I want to take on other artists, I'm going to have to learn some of these business tactics, even though my mind is like right brain to like, I like to be creative all the time. I like to spend my time, uh, making music, you know, working on videos and stuff. But do um, you have to think like not learning that is kind of holding you back from reaching out to people, you know what I mean? And uh, you want to represent your brand and maybe you want to put away some money for like a retirement or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the game's getting heavy. We got to, we got to get out of the <laughs> game and we're, we're going to be in Cuba, you know, holding it down. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> No, it, it is all about like you said, where you put it. Money can be a tool, can be a resource. And if something popped in my head too on this note, so off topic but on topic. So Richard Branson, you know Richard Branson, uh, Virgin Galactic, Virgin Mobile. He's the oh, okay. entrepreneur yeah. with the long blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. And and this is not stuff you'll see in the news. People mm -hmm. will people will look at this guy. Oh, he's a billionaire. He owns islands. Mm -hmm. I had Virgin Mobile. Uh, cell phone service for seven years and, wow. but until they gave uh they bought out sold to uh what's it called the other one boost mobile oh okay so okay. and i told people i was i had told them i, I was with virgin mobile for life i wasn't going to go anywhere because their customer service was top notch but 
a couple times, like I said, money struggles in the past. When I was broke, I had my few times I couldn't even pay uh, or I was short of my bill. It was like, I didn't yeah. been like 25, 30, 35 bucks, and not a lot. Yeah. But I called saying, hey, is there any way I can get an extension to pay this? Twice, they, or maybe more. It might happen several more times. I don't know. They get back on the phone, customer service is like, all right, what we're going to do is just credit your account. They wow. literally several times credit. They said, here's your service. A guy who owns islands has a yeah. company who was saying, was, people were struggling, say, hey, don't worry about it. That's your service for them. But that's not what you'll see on the news. Yeah, you know? you're not going to see that. And um, and you think about it, it's just like, how how is there so much wealth and abundance and we think we have, we're lacking, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And it's like, I think the idea of capitalism to become rich and have the American dream uh, needs to align with your morals as a yeah, person yeah. to want to help people, you know, like what, what can I do with the resources I have to help other people, you know, because ultimately if I'm broke and I don't have anything, how, how can I really help anybody when I can't help myself? You know, hey, hey, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, it's, it is a good resource if you use it right. Now let's talk about, we definitely got to talk about your uh, new album. Flory, I'm saying it right. Floriography. Yeah, so that's uh the language of flowers. So before we can talk about the language of flowers, I had a mixtape in 2017 called "The Man That Talks with Flowers." Okay, <laughs> and so that, yeah. that's kind of uh, the prelude to this in a way. Okay, okay. Um, besides, that was all produced by Lord Lorenz, and this EP is produced all by myself. Oh wow. Um, so that so you, project, you made the beat. You made the beats and everything. That pro- uh, on this project, Floriography, I produced everything, mixed oh, wow, it, nice, uh, nice. recorded it here in this studio. Um, so th- uh, the man that talks with flowers, I came back from a trip and I found this little book. And this type of stuff always happens to me where I like I'm that's why I kind of believe in like uh, ancestors and angels and stuff like that. Uh, you're about to mention synchronicities, huh? Yeah, synchronicities <laughs> and all that. So. I found this little booklet that was written to my, that was kind of signed away to my great grandmother, uh, who was also into metaphysics and all this stuff in the occult and, um, and reading tarot. And she also played music. Uh, it was a book about, um, it was a, a, a book about like a spiritual awakening, you know what I mean? and so i kind of took that concept and i made it the man that talks with flowers about getting in back into nature um or it could be like my language is the flowers you know so that's kind of where i came with this ep uh where it's now i can think about the language of flowers beyond what is uh the science of the biology that we're taught you know i mean so we can uh we can use our language to bring up, uh, bring up our resonance. You know what I mean? Um, I love that. And it's also kind of more like a scientific way where it's like, this project is mad cryptic, you know? So it's like, <laughs> so it's like your own, the language is its own language. You know what okay, I'm saying? Okay. Okay. I, like uh, I, like I also that. had this book that's kind of like where I came up with some of the titles. Um, it's a, it's a sim, uh, symbols book. And uh, the language of flowers was uh, floriography. So that's kind of, there's a track called the language of flowers. And there's a way 
there's a way that you can use the language of flowers uh, called the tussie mussy. And that was like, kind of like how people put together different arrangements of flowers okay. to mean a certain thing. So you're giving your somebody, uh, you're giving somebody a message through the flowers. Okay, uh, and okay. there's also in Japanese culture, there's a language of flower called Hanakataba. So I have okay, a yeah. Called, I was wondering about what that was. Hanakataba. <laughs> that was a. It's a Japanese language of flowers. Oh, no, no, real quick. I was listening to the album. I'd already listened to it, unfortunately, but I was oh, uh, no. listening to it right before this, and that song was on. And, and every time I heard that song, I was like, what is that about? Like, so now, yeah, exactly. now you just so, answered it for it. <laughs> so, yeah, like putting that uh, project out, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't expect anybody to understand what I'm talking about, you know? But well, I guess I'm thinking. But it gets you thinking, and also, um, that if there wasn't this crisis, that project would have been on my back burner because we okay. were already planning on going on tour. Uh, I have, yeah, a, yeah. I have a, a underground like abstract boom bap project that I'm working on. Oh, cool. uh, that was gonna be. I wanted to publish that before I went on tour, but since this all happened, I'm like, I need to tune my music a certain way um, for healing because. You know, not not just our body healing, but our our minds need to be healing. So if I if I can do this for myself, then maybe it will people will catch the vibe. So nice. that that's why I started working on this EP. I had originally wrote the track list and uh, produced a couple of the beats um, after right when I started making beats again, which was like probably 2018. Um, but I went back and I rewrote a couple of the tracks. I took one off, took a track that was called 432 Blooms off of there and I replaced <laughs> and I replaced it with 431 Blues. Real is, quick, I man, this is this is like Yeah. <laughs> I was just I was just going to ask if you well, I didn't want to cut you off, but I was going to like I was going to ask if you tuned the album at 432. Uh most of the beats were tuned at 432, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh but it, you know like the, when you sample and stuff, when you sample records and stuff, uh, not everything is going to be even tuned to like any kind of chord, you know, and it is, and music theory is not my strength. I, I kind of just, I'm making stuff up, you know, I kind of play everything <laughs> by ear. Did you notice my meeting, my meeting ID was like 432. Yeah, stuff. I saw that. That was all intentional. <laughs> was it, was it intentional? Yeah. Oh, when yeah. I, I, a couple last year when I got a prepaid debit card, dude, numerology yeah. runs my life. I'm yeah, oh, nice. I got nice. a prepaid debit card last year to rebuild my credit. And when I uploaded my amount, it put $432 on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, my kind of that's why I did 431 blues, kind of some numbers that 431, that's the pager code of I love you or something, or one, oh, yeah, 143. Yeah, yeah. And then it's pi 3.14. So those numbers kind of like they've taken over in the last couple of years and stuff. So uh, 431 blues is like, I feel like my aura and I've been told it's a pretty bright, like blue, you know, like. Um, I have a little bit of blue in mine. Yeah. yeah. One of them's blue. One of them's like super like clear and then it kind of changes. But so you I got just said, real quick, you got an aura reading done. I've had it done a few times, but not, I also can like, intuitively kind of read my aura too yeah um, a lot of times when i would especially when i'd go in the sauna and meditate i could at certain times i would see when my aura was changed and wow. then i could see what i needed to 
uh, like what kind of affirmations or things I needed to do for that. But uh, 431 blues that I said, that's the color of my lifestyle. So, <laughs> so your lifestyle, everything you do is collected up in the universe. Like all the love that you thought you lost is collected out there. So you have that waiting for you. And just Kash- like it's Kashyyyk like, yeah, records. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, the Kashyyyk records. And then also think about the things that we do that are uh, inconspicuous, right? Like praying or chanting or meditating that you think there's no physical thing about that, but we're kind of, in a way, you're giving yourself a little cushion for when you need that uh, energy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're realigning your, your frequency, you know, when you meditate, and that's why I'm big on uh, the solfeggio frequencies when I oh, meditate, yep. you know, yeah, the yeah. numbers, and you go three, six, nine, and um, so are you talking about that? I did have that written down. <laughs> so I take, are you, you are, is that, because Nikola Tesla was big numerology. He was obsessed with three, six, nine. And that's where I got obsessed with that. I looked into it one day and I saw how it tied into uh, the pipe. I can never remember the name. You know, yeah. Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. That has to do with music too. Yeah. Uh, because and-, and also with uh, kind of the different uh, light frequencies in a way too um yeah and on this project i i figured you know some people say that they see uh colors in music or even smells um you know what i mean or even like it's tied to like a memory so especially when they're especially when on shrooms yeah when you're on shrooms then you're (laughs) then the kind the walls come down a little bit you know what i mean you could see yourself in a different light but uh but I, I wanted to make a color for each of the tracks that I produced on this project. Oh, so like, there's one that ethnogenics that's like a green and then Hanukkah that's yellow. And then 431 blues blue, obviously. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like having different colors. So it might be, it might come up as a different color when uh, you guys listen to it. But uh, for me, that was a, that was like the intention of behind making it, you know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah, yellow is the or so last year in August, I was in Albuquerque for the vegan festival and seeing and doing some comedy. And right after it wrapped up, this Asian gentleman who had like this massage and or reading booth inside the place, he comes over to me, he's like, throw in your hard work and gives me a massage. And with mm-hmm. he gets a little metal pin. He did whatever to my back for like a minute while I was standing, and it just felt way better. I was like, what does this guy do? So that impressed me enough to where I'm like, I gotta go check out this order reading and I can see and and what's interesting, my mom's favorite color is yellow. And that's the side, that's my yin yin yang side where you know yeah. compassion and all the <laughs> positivity comes yeah. from. So he and, said it was yellow? Well the lady, yeah, it was his wife that was over there and she but she didn't just say it was yellow, but she lit up lit up on the screen and she looked at me, she's like, Oh my gosh, she's like, You have great healing energy and it's all this yellow mm-hmm. inside my head, I was like, Yeah. Because I consider myself a modern shaman. You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Yellow is kind of a leadership color as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and well, go ahead. it's good for like business. You know what I mean? That's why my, that's my uh, brand is yellow cake radio. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Which is nice to know a little bit behind that. Cause I've seen that. Um, 
that's so that's your brand like that's a label what uh it became my late it became my late uh music label but uh i went to college at san francisco state and uh i studied um radio television and film um is in my emphasis was audio production but we had a radio show and that was the name we came up with yellow cake radio um and that's what that was around the time when I was going through a spiritual awakening. So we had, a, we had learned about all these concepts. Um, and I was yellow cake is like the nuclear radiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, so my role was to, to showcase some of the underground music. And besides that was to kind of talk about these uh, occult or conscious subjects um, as well as, some of the weird conspiracies and stuff. So that, that was what yellow cake radio was for me. Uh, and then after college, knowing all these things, I decided I was not going to, uh, go down and work for, uh, these Hollywood type of people and, (laughs) or, or do this kind of music for people that are not really have the best interest of, uh, (laughs) of everybody in hand. So it's been a weird journey from that to, to now where I've released several uh, projects under that label. And uh, I've got the fir- my first artist that's put out multiple projects, Dynamic Bean uh, oh, nice. from Sacramento. Um, so definitely trying to expand and working with uh, artists that are kind of they wouldn't maybe they wouldn't be doing music this way if it, if I didn't give them opportunity or really I just want to get people inspired to put out their unique sound you know whether or not it gets received well or not you know no that that that's awesome man I applaud you for that because uh you know you're taking it beyond yourself and how does it feel because I know in comedy I went from points of being that guy asking you know the beginning days when I started in 09 and, you know, now I'm in a position where I've had rooms with the book comics or I got to a vegan festival and was like, hey, can you bring, you know, some comics? So, and I know it's cool. So do you find that really rewarding feeling now too, saying, hey, look, at I, this journey started for myself. I grinded, I went through this, I learned the scene and now I'm able to provide a platform for other artists. And how does that feel? Yeah, and that's also been like, that was one of my intentions for starting to make beats as well. Okay. Uh, to be provider um, where it's like, okay, I'm going to let you have this beat and then you can do what you want with it. Whereas like, I don't really have say if it's not, if it's not my work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it does. I mean, it does feel like right now it's a weird time because I had to kind of shut down most of my operations because uh, this uh, crisis that is going on. So I, before that, I was picking up a lot of clients to help them record. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've had, and I was working on a producing a, like a performance-based um, video show. So that's kind of taking the back seat. And right now, what I decided is I'm going to just purge all the content I have. So this is going to be like a big year where I just put out a lot of material and let it fly. You know what I mean? And not really not really get too caught up in what I'm doing with it, you know.
What's up, world? Welcome back to Cruelty Free Conversations. I'm your host, Inigo Mateo, and today we've got the second part of my interview with vegan hip hop artist and high conscious creator from the Bay Area of Northern California, Taste Nate. And that first part uh, had a lot of good stuff in it. Got nice feedback from a few people. I know he did as well. So enjoy part two with Taste Nate coming right up. Perfectionist, you know, yeah. sometimes you can't pull the trigger, or you know, you've got to put some. Sometimes I, I've got that perfectionist in me collide with sometimes I got to put really fine detail and stuff, but I can't yeah. maybe find the motivation mentally to dive into that tedious uh, audio editing and stuff yeah. or whatever it might be, you know. So, especially right now, like, have you found yourself during COVID? I've been asking other artists, this, other creators, because. We've all been definitely thrown off our flow. Even the tour that you mentioned earlier, I know we were talking on Instagram because you were going to be coming down to West Covina, which I was just in last week. And yeah. uh, I, have, I have buddies that are promoted down there and stuff in no place. So I remember we were talking. But yeah, yeah we've, all been, we've all been thrown off. And have you found it harder to get that? I know you say you're always creating and you've got that mind, which is a, you know probably one of your superpowers. But do you find that even a little bit harder to get going for yourself during these times? You know, there was a, right when this stuff all started to unfold, there was a moment where I felt like all of a sudden everybody is kind of forced to be on my vibe where it's like, you're just saying, cause I'm like a, I'm a really introverted person. So I was like, yes. you're, you're stuck to being on my vibe where you're <laughs> in the studio. Oh wait, you're going out and walking in or on the beach and stuff. Wait, that's like my normal day of life. <laughs> Until I started, until we got so bombarded with all the fear and, and now yeah. like uh, all the tensions with the, the police and stuff, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, that, that threw me off where it's because I'm a sensitive soul, you know? It's like, I feel, where, yeah, I feel you. so I feel like now I'm kind of coming out of that. But what I said, what I decided to do was make this EP for that reason. Um, and I want to try to not at the same time force myself to finish all these projects and make it a big, like putting myself under this pressure, but trying to find my flow to just yeah. get everything out, you know, because, you know, a lot, a lot of artists and rappers that they're, they're um, just, they just lost everything, you know, yeah, they yeah. You can't, their main thing was going out there and being seen doing shows, you know, selling merch, you know, that's probably, I would say that's like the biggest way you can support an artist yeah. is by buying a shirt or a CD. You know what I mean? I, even if you don't listen to CDs, they still got the artwork on there. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I bought a, uh, with vinyls. I, uh, yeah, that's my next to... thing is vinyl. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get, get my bars up so I can put out a vinyl record. Which nice. Uh, last yeah. year I put out my first cassette tape. What? Yeah. Uh, that's cool. For a, a project called Chicana Moonlight. Uh, and I, it got picked up by this underground label in uh, Bristol, England, and they put out my first cassette. So that was kind of a big thing. That's cool. Yeah, but but uh, at the same time, yeah, I feel like people that weren't making art were caught up in the hamster wheel of life, 
had to, were kind of forced to jump off and they're like, Oh wait, I have this, uh, passion inside of me that I can express. So I would say that's one of the benefits of this crisis is people are kind of finding their voice again. I completely agree. And I haven't written you, I wrote down a word here when you were talking because earlier you mentioned, we mentioned, we were talking about, uh, uh, survival, like strongest, we're talking about how it's not always like that, I believe, but really what it's always come down to and what really is a survival of the most adaptive who adapts during times. And that's my thing. I'm full. Like I told you earlier, I'm virtual wellness classes, Mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff online. Like now's the time to adapt and position yourself. And you're obviously doing that. You just, uh, to know, Hey, cause we all have creative friends and I've been looking around and my creative friends are doing my thinking. They're dropping the ball right now. Like, Now's the time to re- there's no pressure in a way in a weird way in some yeah. areas, you know, and it's you know, you put out your EP, you can say, hey, don't quarantine, put out the EP. I've been trying to find my angle for a podcast for a while. I didn't want to put out the same thing, everything's everything's out yeah. there. And I'm looking at it like, man, it feels good to have brought this to light during yeah, the quarantine to have figured out, you know, we both now we've made our moves to say, hey, I'm adapting, I'm figuring this out. And that makes you more confident, more yeah. Empowered going forward, saying, "Okay, I'm finding my rhythm. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in the best position I've ever been in in my life in all kinds of ways. It's weird." <laughs> I think what it is too is, uh, as an artist, we tend to get in our own way, you know, uh, and we <laughs> oh, are yeah. we are very we have a great imagination, so we can imagine scenarios, multiple scenarios that will never play out and they de- don't exist besides in our own mind. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's more about like, just like, okay, I got this uh, voice. I have uh, this platform. What am I going to do about it? You know, what am I going to do? So my motivation is uh, one is just the creative force. It just doesn't end. You know, it's a, it's, you thought you think you get to a, a part where you thought, okay, I'm burnt out, but there's always growth to have, you know, and that's part about growing as an individual as well. No. Oh yeah, I, I definitely. This, this, it never stops. It's always it continues every day. There's new stuff to be learned. You get the most mundane things. It's repetition, repetition. Why boxers and any athletes are in there doing uh, the most mundane stuff, and why your body has to do reps over and over to get bigger. And you know, yeah. same thing with meditation. You got to keep doing it. People don't realize that. Um, you were okay. Do you on another note, kind of do. You, Aside from meditation, do you ever visualize where you sit there with the whole intention? So not the clear energy, like meditating or whatever, realigning frequencies, but to visualize, like, because that's something I've been asking a lot of creators because something I'm trying to get better with, I've read, it's interesting, I was doing my behavior change specialist cert I picked up earlier this year. It was uh, talking a lot about visualization, but I didn't realize how I was missing the boat, that I wasn't immersing myself all my senses, not just, you know. So are you talking about that as like kind of like a parapsychology type of thing where you can like visualize something that's in the other room and see through? No. Or are you talking about visualizing from your, uh, like your third eye in a way like? Uh, in a way like that, like, yeah, more like that. Yeah, not through the telepath. I mean, I believe <laughs> stuff like that, definitely, I, I, I do. So it's more like, uh, I would say that's like manifestation then, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Visualizing what your goals are and then seeing it come to light. Yeah. I'm always like, for me, 
I use the law of attraction more in of like inconspicuous way. Like, gotcha. you know, where it's, I'm, if I'm aligned with myself and in, in, in inner, in my emotional, like feeling, getting out of my thoughts, then I'm directed to everything that is aligned with me outside, you know? Yeah. Uh, I say something like, if I love everybody, then everybody loves me. Even if they don't, then <laughs> you still got love, you know, where yes. uh, manifestation is a very powerful tool. Um, but that's just kind of like great getting into your abundance flow. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm a very visual person, but I'm, I feel like I'm more like a channel, you know, okay, where okay. I can open myself up to information that, that it comes from, I don't know where, you know, from space or maybe it's already <laughs> it. Maybe it's unlocked in my conscious already. Yeah. Or, or it's a, or it's uh, channeled through me from somebody in the past or somebody that's not no longer living, you know, <laughs> the thoughts that are going around in the East. Yeah. Or you're catching up on something that's that somebody else put out because we're all kind of connected in a way. Yeah, brains are radio antennas. If you're on the same frequency as somebody, and they, that's why if you're about a girlfriend, whatever, you know, whoever, you know, someone you really buy, you know, spend a lot of time around and you're in the same, saying the same things or finishing the sentence, you know, it's because mm -hmm. it, it's a trick all that works. And, um, and everything, it's, everything's connected. It, it, it's a trip how that is. Um, now, too, with, I want to ask you earlier, too, with the, you know, hip hop scene out there. You know, where you come from, we're talking about how it's so prolific, it's a mecca. Does that almost make it a way intimidating to start with? Is there a high expectation because of all? Um, I think, you know, what it is, is, you know, being an MC is a competitive, like, thing, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. when, you, when you are kind of more of a conscious, like, type of person, doesn't want to step on anybody's toes, yeah. it could kind of be intimidating, but I've always been about like, I have a message and I need to get it out there. If nobody's feeling it, then, you know, that's, that's their choice as well, yeah. you know? Um, but I would say this, the Bay area, like community uh, is kind of pretty much open to like having new artists arrive cool. uh, and um, they'll, they'll allow you to put each other on and stuff like that. Uh, people work really hard and do a lot of shows, which has kind of been unfortunate because all the venues are closed. Okay. Uh, where hip hop is just kind of now going back to being like independent artist hustle type of mentality. But I would say this is like a good place for somebody that is trying to find their sound, yeah. uh, trying to locate uh, who they could rock with, you know what I mean? Trying yeah. to find, trying to get heard a little bit and then bringing that all that creativity and all that uh passion and and show, showing it to different places so that's why in the last five or six years i've tried to uh, focus on doing more shows out of the city than in the city because i want because maybe i'll find people that resonate with my sound more you know where it's like and a lot of my like a lot of my favorite mcs that's what they had to do you know what i mean yeah like uh, yeah, gang, like gangstar like guru like he was from boston he had to go to new york for people to feel him and then that's you know what i mean this is how yeah it, this is how I, it works it's interesting you mentioned that. i feel like some things some of the projects that i want to get out eventually i feel like i do have to go to some other areas or sometimes it's a matter of 
when you find yourself where you're growing and you, I've been in this area for 30 years, you know, and like some of the projects I got, it's almost like, it's almost like you need to get away. People don't, you know, it's a different side, you know, that you feel like doesn't, it's hard to, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe, because you, have well, you moved I think uh, for hip hop too, it's like in the Bay Area, this is kind of like a commuter culture. Like people are coming from all over the place. You know what I mean? A lot of people are moving in here from different areas too. Um, yeah. Now maybe moving out. I don't know at this point. Yeah. But that's why you're going to have a lot of different styles and a lot of different sounds, a lot of different cultures coming together. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you kind of find your identity through that in a way. Because L.A. is not the most, even when it comes to comedy, all entertainment, L.A. is not, to me, to me, it's not what it's cracked up to be. You know, it's great if you've already established whether comedian, artist, um, but trying to start there, that's what I've always noticed with Oakland, and, you know, especially uh, hearing about the hip-hop and just the history of it and things, just, you know, you can be there and really blossom if you're the things you're explaining. But it's like, oh, hey, it's entertainment. It's like, you're starting there. It's like, just, uh, it's weird. It's not really what people, it's not all it's cracked up to be. The energy, you hear people coming from all over and say, man, the energy in LA sucks. But yeah, it does. LA is energy. One thing I noticed about out there is you guys pretty much have your communities that preserve your identity and culture, which is, is different than the Bay Area where it's, we don't really have our little like areas where there's a certain kind of culture you don't go to an area there, you know, in some ways there is, but not really, not like LA where you go, this area is all Latinos, this yeah, area is yeah, all blacks, okay. this area is all Armenians and stuff, you know what I mean? So <laughs> this area is all Koreans. Yeah. yeah I like, that's what I kind of like that it has, has that multicultural, like where you can actually visually see it where, but the Bay Area is diverse in the way that we all kind of get along with each other. So that's why we're so weird, I think. Because <laughs> I think that's why we're so weird because we we have different influences from different cultures and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And what did I eat when I was there in 2017 for the Best Best Ate at? Was it Cybella's? that that little pizza place? Oh, okay. Yeah. Go Cybella, ahead. Have you been there? Have you been there? Uh, no, no. Yeah, so I ate there. It was the only place that we got to eat when I was in San Francisco. Man, that place was good. Was, that, like, was it like North Beach area or where was it? Ah, you know? uh, what was it? It was was it these fairgrounds? Oh, man, it was it was a <laughs> dude, that was a whole week. It was a trip, but my, the San Francisco one was funny because uh, I got in, I got to the festival, and I was determining how to use my money and make it. Use this card for this Uber because I wasn't getting paid to once I got to the festival. So this was funny, man. Because I get there, and the bar's not operating yet because it was like seven something in the morning yeah. i got the, my flight from vegas left that was a trip of a weekend because i did the vegas one the day before san francisco okay yeah <laughs> and i just stayed in a hostel in downtown vegas for three days oh wow and i was actually there the sunday i was there was that crazy shooting vegas after three days is kind of like too much oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's why it was nice to get out and go well i flew into san francisco that morning like around like flight left at like five. First time i ever was on a plane too oh uh, big plan like that and then or any plan actually but then um i flew back after the festival because i didn't want to spend money on you know places to stay in san francisco i was spending 30 something a night in downtown for the hospital in vegas yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know but so 
right afterwards, I needed to catch my flight. His friends were like, hey, let's go to like Saigalos and eat out. Like, I gotta catch my flight, man. I went eight and caught my flight with like 10 minutes left. But oh, yeah. when I first got there, this was a trip, man. I'm in, it's not working, so I are running it. So I'm trying to figure out like plan. Never been to San Francisco. I'm gonna figure out how to get there. I don't want to Uber just yet and use all this money because it's been like a $35 Uber. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so I'm like, let me figure out some buses. And I go outside. I'm about to go outside. There's a lady uh, security guard there. And I ask her, like, hey, where, uh, how the buses work here? Where are they at? And blah, blah, blah. She's like, you see that? That's <laughs> weird. But she's like, you see this one right there? That's passing. It's going down to the end. She's like, that one's going to take you downtown. And I was like, okay, thanks. So I run. Everything's <laughs> going like a movie. Yeah. So I, I run. But I don't know the bus route. So I'm, like, looking at, like, GPS, like, where this is going relevant to where I need to be. Yeah. I was like, it's going to keep going this route. So at this point, I need to get off. I got off at one point. And I still had like another couple miles to go. So I'm walking mm-hmm. through this one area, which is like homeless people everywhere. I was like, it looks like where I came from. The tenderloin. Yeah, it was often look where I was. I forget where it was. And I'm like ready to call like an Uber. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's starting to get hot. I was like, I don't want to show up all sweaty. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden I see this like one of those big San Francisco hills, you know? Oh, and okay. Yeah. And this is just me, man. I was like, I was like all right, it's time to call the Uber. And I'm like, no, wait. I was like, I need to go up this hill and then call the Uber. I can't, like, I'm like, you know, I can't do that. I can't just back down from this hill. So I walked up the hill and then I called my Uber and I made it there. And it's just like, I just remember that whole little trip I took to San Francisco, catching the bus, walking, finally catching the Uber. And yeah, that's one of the benefits of like the city is you can actually, for the most part, get around with uh, like um, public transportation, you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah. Where I'm at, no, this desert, man. I there's no buses. I'm walked, walked in hundred something degree heat. Yeah, just in, down there, it's like you just stuck in traffic all the time. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you it's, have to have a car, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here, uh, man. It's uh, especially this desert area. Everything's so far away. Um, there's areas buses don't even run. It's just the, the commuting here bad. I think we may have covered a lot of uh, everything with the hip hop. Is there any more uh, projects, anything you need to mention more that you got coming out? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. So um, I released a, like a mixtape that where we was rapping on all these like kind of like electro EDM type beats back in the day. Um, okay. And that's through the name Stems of Wisdom. So there's a, there's a Wise Guys mixtape that's out. Yes. Um, and you could check that out. That's kind of like one of the air times where I was coming up, just exploring different sounds. Um, and on there, Stems of Wisdom is also kind of like a name I use for my uh, like pro- beat tapes and production, which ties into then, also the uh, floriography and everything you talked. Yeah, about. Stems. Of, it's kind of like a conscious. Uh, wave in a way but at, but that tape right there is more like straight frisco like uh nightlife type of vibe okay, you know okay, what i mean okay. um and then you could check out my merch sites wisdomstems.com so yeah i try to okay flip it out, yes so i got some cds on there and a couple shirts and stuff um then um the next project which is going to come out this month it's called Zero Point Visions, and that's produced by the homie Ty the 13th. Okay. Um, that project 
was something that we just kind of just did instinctively. You know, he shot he, a couple beats. He's been working on his beats for years, but hasn't really put anything out. So it was kind of an honor that okay. he worked with me. And he was like the first cat when I moved back to the Bay Area and went to San Francisco State. He was like the first cat that collabed with me when I was out here, like 2010. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's kind of connecting back with some of your homies from back in the day. Um, and then all his beats are tuned to 444 hertz. So, you know, so we're talking about, we've been talking about that. So uh, you're going to be, you're going to be like catching those vibes for nice, sure. Nice. Um, and he's got me sounding all like little Wayne, uh, sound like with auto, auto tune and stuff, you know, okay. <laughs> nice, nice. uh, so that I would say that's a good showcase of some of the different styles that I can hit you with. That's besides the just typical underground uh, lyricism that I got for you. You know what I mean? So peep that out. Um, our main Bandcamp website is yellowcakeradio.com. So on there, you'll see a few of my projects as well as um, the project uh, Ultraviolet by Dynamic Bean. Um, so we did one video, Dogma, and then uh, we're going to work on a couple new videos. Um, and then besides that, I got a boom back album that is kind of just, I might push it back to the fall with DJ Behold. And DJ Behold, he was, when we had a Yellow Cake radio, like radio show that was actually on the radio, he was our DJ. So that's okay. like somebody, like us, like all the people that I've been rocking with. I try to keep it all in the family, man, and nice, make sure nice. everybody gets to eat, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, eventually, uh, we'll have a, a a lot of content to push. And then I'm, I'm just trying to get – I'm just trying to get back into my flow of doing what I do. Um, and also, I think the main place you could see all my projects is uh, YouTube.com slash TasteNate. So okay. that's – they got like all my albums on there and nice. a bunch of music videos and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, follow me at taste Nate on Instagram. Um, I'll be posting what I want to do, you know? <laughs> um, so if you with it, I'll definitely follow y'all back. Um, other than that, you know, I, I just hope, I just hope that uh, we can find a way uh, to, be open-minded to each other. And uh, even if we don't agree with each other, we don't have to react so negatively. Yeah. Um, nobody, I feel like overall, we just, we think that people are bad and stuff, but overall, most of us want to just be able to get along with each other. Most of us um, are still learning about ourselves. And maybe this is the first time that uh, like we got off of this race for money and all this and we actually got a time to like look at ourselves introspectively, you know, so kind of maybe be a little bit more patient with ourselves. You know what I mean? We're not going to, if we just started healing and a year has gone by, you know, you got a whole life of healing to do it. So if yeah. you just take it every day at a time. And if we, some days we take an L, you know, you just gotta <laughs> accept that L and you, tomorrow's another day. Learn from the L. Learn from the L, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, yeah, turn that L into a learn. Oh, no, I, I love it, man. I love, uh, I, man, because the insight, you know, the grind behind it all, and, you know, choreography, this, 
you know, six uh, song EP, you know, it was dope. It was telling you online that the vibe was just, so I feel like I've listened to it just doing different things. The first night I listened to it, I was putting together a bookshelf and it was just, yeah, you know, a group. It, it's just got a cool vibe, lots of melody and just music to it. Um, different flows that you, you know, you drop in there. And I think it was like a couple tracks were straight hip hop and the other was kind of like more like vibey stuff, you know? Yeah, but it all it all gelled together well. You know, if you listen to it all in one, it's not like there's a, a a break in there where it feels like anything got thrown. It all just flows together so well. Man, thanks, man. Yeah, I kind of even though it was an EP, I wanted to it to flow together somewhat like an album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I should have some like a couple music videos coming for that. Um, try to do some quarantine style videos <laughs> oh, okay okay no, i don't say i can't say it's quarantine music uh, that's why i said because then all my music would be quarantine music because <laughs> i'm a, i'm always like i'm a social distance like warrior you know I feel you. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the same way like you were saying earlier when all this stuff went down people are like, gonna be locked up it's like, um, like for me it was like okay i felt like it was a clearing of karma in a way where it's yes. like all the things that don't relate to me energetically that I'm doing right now. I don't have obligation to do them anymore, you know? So, you know, sometimes as creators, we become so ambitious that we kind of lose sight of why we're really doing it in a way, you know? And so, no, you, yeah, well, yeah kind of got me true. back, kind of got me back on my, on my chain. Like, okay, you know, Maybe I'm not, maybe uh, some of the things I'm doing are not really that authentic to me. Maybe I'm doing things to please people, but we, but you know, when you do things authentic to yourself, the people that resonate with it, they are already part of you, you know, because yes. we're not, it's beyond just me as a person, you know, we're connected. You know what I mean? So that's kind of one thing I want people to remember is that, you know, this, this little shell that we have of ourselves and our identity, it means some. It means something. I'm not gonna say it doesn't mean something. It means something to you because you created it. But at the same time, we're so much beyond that, and we have, and we have a a power that uh, connects us all together. That some that you can't really explain. You know what I mean? You know, you're absolutely right. You cannot explain it. You know, I want to mention a quick story on that connection, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. something I still. And there's stories all over the place have like this. But this one was a couple weeks, no, last year in Scottsdale. First year I was there in 2019. Yeah. Uh, there's this uh, vegan guy I know, uh, Ryan Nelson, big powerlifter. I've known him on Instagram, social media for several years. Originally, you know, it's probably a 6'4", big dude, huge. You know, he's a big yeah. lifter now, and he's a big, strong dude. And he played football back at where he's from in, where did he grow up? Wyoming. Oh, wow. And so I met him for the first time last year when he actually had moved to Tempe, Arizona and opened up a gym, Los Campeones gym there. And it was only like five miles from my hotel was where I was saying for you. So hey, come get a workout with me, blah, blah, blah. So I show up and we have a workout but at the end. And the fact that I was even saying this as I left that day was even more, made it all this whole thing more bizarre. I was leaving and talking about everything being connected. Like, hey, man, everything is connected. He's like, yeah, it is. You know, we're just concurring on that as we need. And a couple of days later, I, well, we took a photo at the festival. It was even weird how some people were like, you guys look like brothers, but he just looks bigger. And I was like, 
looking at the photo like, damn, what kind of dude? Damn, bam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so maybe two days later after I posted the photo, my buddy Ramsey, who I went to high school with, uh, he was like two years older. I was the same age and friend with his brother. But Ramsey, I played football with on varsity and uh, played with his brother. Ramsey went on around the country to coach football. So two days later, after I posted this photo, it still blows my mind. Everything went back now. So all of a sudden, he comments the photo, Ramsey, with that guy, Ryan. And he's like, hey, man, tell Ryan. I said, hi, that's, that's crazy. All nonchalant, like, wait, hold up. Like, and I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. Did he just, he know this? Wait, wait a minute. I was like, so I write him back. I was like, you know this guy right here in the photo. I'm like, Ryan? And he writes back. He's like, yeah. He's like, when I coached at the University of Mary, he was one of our football players. I was a defensive. Wow. Yeah, dude, I started chirping. He was like, I was a defensive backs coach, but he was a D lineman. And he was stuck. And I'm sitting at this con, looking at this comment like, well, hold on. You know, you, you're still trying to process it. You're still not quite yeah, believing yeah. it. So I go to Instagram and I write, Ryan. And I'm like, hey, man, out of curiosity, did you go to University of Mary? He's like, yeah, I did. I was like, okay, because there's this guy, Ramsey Lambert, I went to high school with that coach there. He said he knew you. Do you know him? He's like, oh, yeah, Ramsey. He was cool. He was one of our better coaches. And I'm just sitting there like, no way. And even Ramsey was like, he's like, how is the guy that I, how does that happen? He's like a guy that from Wyoming that I coached in North Dakota for football. And he's a guy that I, Went to high school with you in Asperia in Southern California at a vegan festival. You'll, you'll, all those happen, especially as like, like the underground music circuit, you know, you'll have somebody that puts you on the show and then he ends up being homies with somebody from your hometown that you like been rocking with, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And be like, oh, you know each other? Yeah. And you'll find all these random connections. You'll, you'll get on the show with somebody. And then they get added to a show in another town. You're like, wait, we just did a show with you, like in Oregon or something. You know, what <laughs> I mean? it's like, oh yeah. And, and then you, th- that's kind of how you meet people that you sync up with, and the, those are the type of people that you ha- you can just uh, go through years without n- running into, and then you'll run into them and be all love just like that, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. There's some people out there like that. It's just that the divide is always there, no matter you know how much time that goes away. Uh, it, it's weird. And you only see these things the older you get, you know, as you get to your 30s and stuff. You can't notice these things when you're younger. And that's, I'm enjoying getting older. I'm going to be 37 in December. And it's like, uh, people are like, trip out when I say I'm excited to hit 40 in a few years. And yeah, like, I'm going to be smarter. I'm going to be better. Like, yeah, I, like some of my ho- younger homies or, and brothers, they, they're, they're approaching 30 now or they're get turning 30. And they're, they're like all like upset about like, dude, huh. 30, everything started to get better. Like, you know, right. right. 20, my twenties, I was broke and struggling the whole time. You know? <laughs> what am I, I doing? Got some, I got a little paper now, <laughs> you know? And it's like, the, I feel like the older you get, the less you give a shit about what people think about you. The less, yeah. you, the, the more you're like, uh, the more you're confident in what you, yourself and you know what that comes with, it comes with doing your inner work through, throughout the time you know no definitely and another thing i've noticed uh with some of these new projects even this i'm you know when we first have projects or endeavors you know we obviously the people around us friends people we you know we whoever we've interacted with on instagram social media they're the people to get the dose of that stuff but ultimately the people that are going to support you are 
well beyond that. The masses, the numbers, well beyond that. Plus, I've always noticed on the Ducom, the other projects, it's it's weird. I don't know if you noticed that. You know, a lot of times, sometimes you feel like the people around you aren't the most thrilled Mm-mm. to see these projects. Okay, so you know, you know, or you know, I I can tell yourself that yeah, because I you, know, you don't have, you're not married, you don't have kids, and I'm mm-hmm. in that same boat. And I know there's people that I went to high school with. There's people that I've known for a long time that I don't, and this is a lot of creators. And like, you can tell by that nod, I'm sure, you, you know, they're not happy to see you being free because you've made these choices to be that way mm-hmm. and doing what you want, what you love, you know. Uh, and, and I've seen that with this podcast, very little support from the circle around me. But I, talk, I posted on Twitter, I don't care. I'm going after it beyond. Nobody needs it, right? You know well, the thing I've noticed with, uh, social media is the people that support you are going to support you no matter what you do, no matter yeah. what, what kind of way you, wh- how weird you get, they, cause they love you for who you are. And, you know, I feel like people, they've got to know me through my music that I've never met in my life. You know what I mean? Whereas people that think they know me from who I've been before, they really don't, they never got a chance to know me then and they yes. don't know me now. So, so they're kind of irrelevant. So whether or not they are feeling what I'm doing, if or they feel some type of way that it's not a reflection of me, that's just showing them that they're insecure usually. Yeah, no, that, that is totally what it is. I had a best, uh, I still have to write him and, you know, I cut people off. I've cut quite a few people off this year. And, you know, sometimes you get those calls and texts or whatever, and like, Sometimes it's nice to let a person know, hey, this is where your character's at. Other times you just don't really want to deal with the energy. But, you know, I had a friend that, and people don't realize, like, that things come. Okay, so I had a buddy who's one of my best friends. I know was on for years. And when I started stand-up comedy, he started it as well. But I went to his wedding years ago at a time when I was broke. And I had to rent a tuxedo and, you know, give it back, not even own it. And other uh, travel and spend gas and other things that cost money out of my pocket. And... He lived like right there near uh, Rancho Cucamonga. You probably yeah. familiar with. So he lives right there, which is 35 minutes from me. And I ran, and this is kind of a barometer I use. Uh, the last four years, you probably see me posting about that wine cellar comedy show I used to run. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bring Com- so I ran that for four years. It won an award for this area. And this, this dude never showed up once, never once. And now he's all of a sudden writing me, like, hey, bro, what's up? Hey. I got something going on in December I wanted to reach out to you about. And I'm like, and I, it's like, I put on 40 something shows here. How long for you? And then all of a sudden you got something going on. You're like, Hey, what's what? What you want me to do comedy after you ignored 40 something? I'll have to write him like, Hey bro, this ain't what it used to be. There's no recovering from this. I supported you on your biggest day when I was strapped and you had almost 50 chances to support something. And it's like, it's when, you know what I'm talking about? It's wild. So it's, funny, just, it's, it's always funny that you see like, you're in a completely different lane and it's always the same bullshit that happens. And no matter what, you know, like, it's like, and you would like, I got homies that do reggae and stuff and they're telling me how people are just as competitive as rappers. And I would think, wait, no, I thought it would be all love over there. You know, it's like, on. it's like you, yeah, you, no matter what you do, it's like, <laughs> it's always like going to be some like bullshit that you have to deal with it. And I guess that kind of just shows you, who are you going to become from it? Are you going to become bitter? Are you going to become uh, passionate? And uh, are you going to become thank grateful of who actually does rock with you? Because yes, yes. Because that's how that's how you attract more of it. You got to be in a state of like 
thankfulness and gratefulness that I'm actually able to do this, you know? You I'm know, actually able well, to do this and nobody's going to stop me. And, and if you try to stop me, then I, I'm probably going to come back harder. And so I'm going to run your ass over one <laughs> or the other. Yeah. No, it, it, do I, I love it. Yeah. It, it, that's, uh, yeah, man. Be, be, beautifully said. And yeah. So anything you want to close out with? Um, I mean, I know we can go down rabbit holes all day long. We'll have to do another episode. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, I'm just, you know, shout outs to you man for putting this together um and is and i can see that you're really into what you're doing um and then um just i'm just happy to be uh asked to do this man it's an honor to be here and i'll definitely come back come back on uh later on this year or whenever you want to have me yeah definitely and we're doing the live uh when i'm doing getting well like i say you know what the other part of this is i just haven't been you know the other element that i had to hold off because of covid but i'm not putting it out there I don't want nobody stealing ideas, but when I'm up in your area, whenever I'm back up there, COVID's calmed down. We'll have to do a, a live episode out there. Um, yeah, that'd be tight. Yeah, that would be that'd be really cool. But if, you know, I appreciate you taking the time today. I know you're a very very busy creator, got all these upcoming projects, and um, but that was great. You know, the, the people, anybody listening to this, that hey man, it's still time to create. This is the time to create. You know, someone like you who's cranking out uh, the projects and. You know, when you have that passion and you have that rhythm, it's amazing what you can get done. And so it's nice to hear uh, you list all these projects because there might be people out there that, you know, might hear that. Man, I need to get on the ball with that. Or, you know, it's, it's, you never know. We've all had stuff resonate that certain individuals have said, you know, and that, I think that's ultimately why I wanted to put together a project like this. I've heard so many, you know, we both mentioned listening to Bruce Lipton and how much that changed us. So, yeah, Bruce Lipton and uh, what's it, Joe Dispenza. Okay, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. other he's the other yeah. dude that talks about uh the epigenetics and uh basically changing your biology uh through your consciousness you know yes. what I mean? um and how does that affect how is that gonna affect other people because when you when you uh fix the issues in your family line lineage through you the next generation that you it's uh, noting that you're gonna have children it's gonna it's gonna have that already ingrained into their genetics. So yeah. you're gonna see you're gonna see the reflection of all the work you've done in the next generation. Even yeah. if you don't have children, the next generation, they have these resources that we put out there. You know, when they when they catch up on some of, some of this information because it's out there floating around until like uh, it all gets shut down by <laughs> yeah yeah technocrats <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That generational trauma, once it gets healed, then they, that next generation can focus on the next process. Like the uh, episode I'm releasing tomorrow, the guest on that one, his story, he comes from Oakland, you know, it was more about the hood life. And, you know, mm-hmm. when he was younger and got into trouble and evolved through meditation, got a vegan tattooed on his neck now. <laughs> okay. And his, yeah. And his <laughs> daughter is thriving, man. She might be an Olympic gymnastic in the coming oh, years. Oh, wow. Gym, That's gymnast. awesome. Yeah, but when you're talking about it too, when I saw him in person, I mentioned the podcast. I'm like, hey man, the way you're you're raising them is great. You're letting her do her thing. He's like, man, he's that thing. You don't raise them, you just let them be, you know. So to have to have had numerous conversations of this man, to know his story and to see these photos and the story of evolving of his daughter, to see this man heal that trauma, and yeah. now this daughter can just go out there and kick ass. It's not, gonna, not that she won't struggle or anything, but 
it's 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 real man it's it's, that's and that's what i've always thought about in my life it's not just about me it's not just about um it's about what's to come i've made a tweet recently like hey my ancestors worked too hard to get me here if i slack off if i slack off i've let them down i everything that they've grinded for the ships that they came on here from ellis island they were like we need a better life and i'm just gonna sit here and fuck off no i can't do that you know like it's you well that's a that's a good inspiration that have you know um and i feel like um the younger generation what we struggle with the most uh, is identity you know yeah uh where in america we're told that we're white or we're black or we're brown but we don't have a lot of us don't have a, a connection with our family lineage or our identity because of broken uh, timelines of our of our history, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So we have a chance. We have a chance to be the first ones to 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 really look at that and say, "Oh, I'm gonna heal this, and uh, I'm gonna learn about my uh, culture." You know what I mean? And yeah. you know, when you know where you came from, you know where you're headed. You know, you know what you don't want. You know where you don't want to head too. <laughs> yeah. I want to head well, back into where I came from. <laughs> on the native the native aspect but we but like we talked about earlier getting into some of like the you know the indigenous side of what what's in your uh dna you know what i mean yeah and how that how they knew they knew they were connected with nature and they also knew that we were that we they were coming back through us they yes. knew that they were coming back through us so whatever they had to feel if they had to take that l they knew that that we were coming back and and we are they are a part of us just like we're a part of them you know yeah they're like we'll take this l now but they'll be winning, <laughs> they'll be winning in 2020 they'll be making podcasts putting out albums and yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. man it's, it, it's a trip how that is you know uh yeah we've been fighting like they've been fighting for so long we need a chance to grow you know just like a plant we need a chance to like um to thrive you know what i mean yeah um, and I, I think that time is coming you know and everybody got all in an uproar in 2012 about the world ending but they don't understand that the mayan calendar and how it just went into a new cycle and even though we went in, even though we went into the black cycle which is the worst the gold cycle is next and you can catch a wave you can catch a wave of that it may seem that we might be catching starting to catch a wave of that consciousness coming um around the around the bend which won't be here during any of our lifetimes but you know yeah i feel that so yeah it's not but uh the thing is we're actually seeing that 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 time is coming mm-hmm. um and we're doing what it what needs to be done to make not not even to like uh force anything on it but just to make ourselves more mutable to what's coming you know what i mean yes yeah because uh, if if we're all tense and we're and we're struggling to be pushed through this it's going to we're going to be met with so much resistance where we have a choice to make ourselves available and make ourselves be able to move into the next paradigm that's coming because yeah. we thought the paradigm was here but it hasn't came yet so we're waiting no. for this shift to happen yeah we still got to push it some more man the the, the light workers and um yeah just just keep pushing it spreading like i said being the light uh and just you know being that example um 
but yeah, we'll definitely have to do another episode, uh, you know, especially uh, around one of the times maybe one of those projects drops. Then we can talk a little bit more about whatever crazy rabbit holes we, we could end up going down. Yeah, and, and that's cool, man. I, like, I'm definitely interested in that, and I'm happy to uh, get something started with you so I, yeah. so I have something to go off of the next time I do a meeting like this, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then I'll have more... Uh, more by then it'll have grown even more and hopefully there'll be viewers on mass i'm gonna be i'm gonna be cranking this man i want to get people to see it and uh those marketing ads and things are they're so uh, it even shows you the demographics the age the ages of the age ranges i want to hit you know yeah, yeah. It, it, the balance of male females it's it's cool so just 90 percent females please no, no. <laughs> no yeah for this episode this episode uh <laughs> but if you're listening but if you listen at it <laughs> But this is an hour, hour, 40 minutes in. We might have, should have put that disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> 20, 24 and 44 range. No, just playing. <laughs> I'm a good playing. range. I, I, I would have tweaked that range one bit. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, hold on. Maybe, maybe, wait, hold on. I might add it. Maybe I'll add another decade and not discriminate. I don't know. <laughs> no, we're not. We're... No, plant based. If you're plant based, we can throw another decade in. <laughs> Oh, you know, you know what the favorite thing that plant-based people like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the X, the X-rated portion of the yeah. show. <laughs> oh man! All right, Chase Nate, man. Right. Uh, uh, the social media tags uh, that, that you can they can find you at. Uh, yeah, just at Taste Nate at uh, Yellow Cake Radio at uh, Wisdom Stems. Um, those are all you know, like Instagram. And then Twitter's at Taste Nate, uh, Facebook find me on Taste Nate. So just uh, you know, just look me up, man. You it's nice. easy to it's easy to find. There's only Twitter. there's only one Taste Nate right now. Yeah. I got I got that out of the way. <laughs> Twitter's a spot to be. Where where did that name come from, man? Were you like oh okay? Were you someone was someone telling you to spit one day? Like come on, Taste. Come on, you know, actually, taste it was an evolution because you know. Everybody was calling me nasty my whole life, you know. Okay, Taste, okay. Nate, 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 nasty all the time, you know. And then you kind of realize you got to balance it out. So it's like now we could be taste, you know. Nice, it's like, nice. And also, I think the way I I kind of put it on people is like, um, I got a I got an ear for different uh, flavors and stuff gotcha. and different styles. I got an ear for the soul, you know. So that's the taste, Nate. I got a good nice. taste. Nice. I got a variety of uh, styles and flavors that I can hit you with, so that's where Taste Nate is. It's not really some freaky shit like. <laughs> oh, what? Why you Taste Nate? You know, <laughs> they want to know. I'm like, you know, I don't want to disappoint you and give you. <laughs> I'm not. Funny. I'm not going to give you anything that you <laughs> that you haven't had before. But you know, maybe you could listen. And you'll get to know me better. You That's know? hilarious. <laughs> the taste of the mind. The yeah. taste of the soul. That's and then funny. it kind of goes with yellow cake radio. So taste Nate and yellow cake. We chefing up things. I nice, like nice. I I like to cook my own food and stuff, you know, too. So Yes, that, that's the thing. And uh, uh that's preventative too for the things going on, you know. That's why I take care of myself in times like this. Now we've got people scrounging around to stay healthy, but like this is why you do it ahead of time. Cook at home instead of long yeah. drives. Learn how to cook. Try to maybe grow some plants if you can, yeah. if you have a space for it. Um, because you don't know when the supply chain is going to switch around, so you got to have your means set up. Um, yep. But you want to be. You also want to be hopeful that uh, that that 
that everybody gets looked after, especially like the young people and the old people. Um, the the people that need our help the most get looked at, and the people that um, are without, you know, want to be able to uh, have abundance for them as well, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I love it, man. So many, so many nuggets of wisdom, man. We could just keep going all day. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely get another episode in. Um, so we definitely got all the albums. Make sure we got it all out there. Um, and we'll be, I'll be sharing any of that stuff as it comes up. Let me know, and I'll throw it out there. Man, and thank cool. you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for taking the time with me today. And uh, again, the album's it's dope, man. I love the vibe. So um, hopefully it gets a lot of plays, a lot of streams. I'll help share it. All right, Taste Nate, once again, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it all the way from another state away. You're up there in the city. I'm down here in the Mojave Desert. Yeah, for real. <laughs> we're in a, we're on hold. Yeah, you, you might have to come up here and cool down. I got to go up there and actually get some sun, man. I'm yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I did a music video the other day. I was looking like straight bright or straight out the cave, you know, straight out of the Caucasus Mountains coming with some game for you. you know what I, mean? I got my whole skin out here going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I drive around at 103 degrees, no AC, and the window's down just to be like, adapt, let's adapt. We gotta, I, I do weird stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You got to acclimate yourself to what's going on in case exactly. you're out there in the desert uh, trying to find some, like, bushes to drink out of and stuff. <laughs> to survive. And if I, an episode where I shouldn't be alive. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Much love, brother. Much love. Thank you very much. We'll do it again soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Well, there you have it. Today's interview conversation was Taste Nate, vegan hip-hop artist and high-conscious creator from the Bay Area of Northern California, a hip-hop mecca. So this guy's definitely a, you know, a go-getter, mood maker, you know, to jump in a hip-hop scene like that that has so much history and is so rich in, in the artist and that is put out. Uh, the quality of artists, uh, it definitely takes some uh, courage, some, some bravery in yourself and your craft, you know, some high-level confidence to get started and to say, hey, I'm going to do my thing in an area like this, in this mecca. I'm going to tack it and do, do my creativity, put my art out here. And talking to him, if you heard the interview, then you know he does it in his own way, a way, as he was saying, is not typically embraced so much by hip-hop you know the spiritual side um you know as he was saying so tie that into it as well not only you know starting hip-hop and that in such a high profile scene for hip-hop he was doing it in his own different kind of way so that is even makes it even tougher you know having to back it with even more confidence knowing hey this is a mecca this this place what I'm doing has produced so many great artists and it's tough to get into and break into and stand out yourself but I'm still going to do it my way I'm still not going to do what's trendy what's popular what's hot in the street I'm going to do it my way the taste and eight way so love the conversation with him again part two will be dropping this Wednesday um, on the 26th I'll have that out uh, we 
and you continue listening to the, the good stuff he has to say because there's definitely some more uh, really good dude, like I said, just on a very good frequency um, and vegan, you know, so uh, you can be strong, healthy, and a very potent creator uh, being vegan, as you see with these guests, as Taste Nate himself, as you just heard. So that's what I'm trying to give you, guests who not always are vegan, but a couple of them haven't been. Ziggy Braun, Danielle Dirac have not been, and uh, but it's all about good people, you know, cruelty, cruelty free vibes. And I'm over here screwing up the, I should be smooth at saying that's my title right there, cruelty free. Uh, but just people that are putting out cruelty free vibes, you know, good people, uh, standing up for, you know, civil rights and. Uh, social justice, or even people like Danielle fighting for the post office and uh, them staying alive. So people that are just about things beyond themselves, you know, that are not about the ego, that are detached from that, that have insight, that have learned and are willing to provide that, whether it's creativity, the business knowledge, the internal knowledge of the self, uh, whatever it is, the vegan knowledge, you know, I want to provide a diverse set of guests that you can, you know, listen to. And sometimes maybe one of the episodes, the guests might not be your style, what fits your forte. Um, and that's fine, you know, but I want to give diversity. You know, that way a lot of people can find some value and insight uh, within these. You know, there's, uh, I'm a big hip hop fan, so I know having a hip hop guest like I had my boy Ziggy and Taste Nate, those are really cool to me. Because I could talk about something with them, the history of hip hop and different artists, um, and so each guest, you know, it's going to be different, their own unique story of why they went vegan or vegetarian, if they are. Uh, but again, even the guests that aren't are always going to have something to offer. That's why I have them here. I've met with them. I've talked to them. I know, hey, even if they're not vegan, there's still something about this person that's very positive, that puts out good vibes. Um, because I'm not going to sit here and say you can only be a good person. Uh, be vegan. No, that's not true. I'll never say that. No, plenty of good people that aren't vegan. So um, I uh, talked to this about Angelica in our episode last uh, episode was if you want people to respect you being vegan, you have to respect people not being vegan. You know, and it's made to some vegans that may sound dumb, but you give respect to get respect. That's how it works. I, I ran my adult life off that philosophy, especially being in the comedy scene and the people business and you know networking and things like that. It's it's I give respect first. If you don't give it back, then f- excuse my language, but fuck you. I'll go on my own way. We're not gonna you know uh, interact no more. That's how it works. You give respect and you get it. If you don't, then you don't interact with that disrespect anymore. You just disconnect from that. But most of the time, when you give respect, you're going to get it. And that's my approach with veganism. I'm not going to shove it in your face. I'm going to be respectful. If you want to know about it, cool. If you want to tune into a podcast that I have about it, cool. But I'm not going to go force you to listen to it. And I'm not going to hang out with friends and throw it on so we all have to listen to it, you know. Uh, so it's it's got to be done in a respectful way. And so... Uh, that's what I mean by we got to respect people who aren't vegan. We can't be mad at them. We can't look at them as a bad person. We all have our own point of evolution. We got to remember 
that we're at our point. This is our story, but he's at a different point within veganism, vegetarian, within a normal non-vegan vegetarian lifestyle. We all have our own evolution, our own stories and points within those that we're at. So can't expect everybody to be the same. You have to respect where other people are. And I've noticed throughout my life, I've got a, well, my vegan life, which has been about 27% of it, that I've gotten high level respect from my vegan, non-vegan friends. Uh, because they know I don't force it on them. Even Instagram and social media, when I post my food or things about veganism, I notice I get a high percentage of my friends and people that I know that will like those posts and stuff, even though they're not vegan. I'm like, that's cool. You know, so I appreciate that. You know, I can see that respect. You know, we can, and if we want people to understand our lifestyle, if we want people to maybe look and say, hey, you know what, they do have good energy, they do have good skin, they do have good this and that then we have to, you know, go about it in a respectful way. So um, people will be more apt to notice those things if you're not shoving it in their face. Like I say, be the light, lead by example, and people will notice things more because you're not, you know, shoving it all in their face saying, hey, this is how you do it. You got to go vegan. Um, no. So respect. It's got to go both ways. Um, so that's why I want both vegan and non-vegan guests on this podcast as, as we've had. Um, because good people definitely come from outside the vegan lifestyle. So, and I want to have those guests that I've met as well. So, um, going forward, next guest, next guest, actually don't have, not going to tell you because I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm interviewing a couple of people this week and I'm deciding which episode to put out. We're now going to be doing one episode of one episode a week, I apologize, one episode a week, going to be releasing them on Mondays, now they've cranked out these first 10 episodes, there's a lot of good content out there, I'm going to do once a week, and I'll be throwing in some different segments, I would like to get some more food reviews in there, um, especially actually being at the place, but um, a lot more to incorporate, a lot more podcasts coming, so thank you very much again for tuning in, please help me share it the listens are going up and this is just going to keep getting better and better have some more things i want to incorporate um part two next week during the intro i'm going to tell you what the main element of this podcast was supposed to be about that didn't work out because of covid but i will be able to do it soon been keeping on the dl just because people still shit people take ideas <laughs> so i'll be keeping that on the wraps but I'm going to talk about it more now that this is rolling and it's in full effect. So thank you again. I hope everybody has a good day out there. Stay safe. Continue growing. Continue evolving. Pick up a book. Read it. Um, do your yoga. Do your bicep curls. Get those veins popping in that bicep peak. <laughs> Stretch it out. Do whatever you got to do out there. Get your meditation on. Get your visualization going. Tell your mind your soul, where you want to end up in life, put it in your mind, put in your vision, and get headed there. I'm Indigo Mateo. This is Cruelty-Free Conversations, episode 10. Thank you very much for everybody who's made this fun so far and made it worth the hard work. Much love to you all. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Signing off for the Mojave Desert.